G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Buy Nature's Own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, three minutes past six o'clock on the 20th of January, the new year, the 2022 year. How are you doing, New Zealand? Good to have your company this morning. Louis Herman Watt, joined in the studio today by, oh, a ripper. He's a good man. And we got him back for another one. Off the back fence, Stony Kemp. Looking forward to spending the morning with Kempy here till nine o'clock before the doyen Ian Smith takes over and we really kick through the day here on SCNZ. I tell you what, we've got a stonking show for you this morning. There's not a lot of room for anything other than good sport and good people. Nico Porteous, he's preparing for the X Games in the Winter Olympics. He's going to join us just after seven. Graham Richardson, yeah, Richie. Yeah, we love Richie here at SCNZ. And he's got a good, strong hand to play on Karakamillion night outside the Karakamillion races. We'll talk to him. Bleary, Adam Blair, under 50 days from the NRL season kicking off. What are his observations of the off-season and what's he looking forward to? Deb Fuller, the Ferns' assistant coach, back home here in New Zealand because the Silver Ferns are, well, they're probably, well, they are. They're playing off a third and fourth in the quad series up in the UK, which is not necessarily where they would have hoped to be. So we'll find out a bit about that. Plenty of you on double eight double three and 0800 but welcoming into Starship Enterprises here in our new studios. Oh, how, and how nice is it, mate, walking into the old Saatchi and Saatchi building with the timber floors and the brick, the brickwork and scenes just everywhere. And that, I'm, not, I'm not happy with um, Baz and Izzy looking at me that way up there in the back there on the screen. <laughs> you could have at least put mine in your picture up there, Louie. Mate, they're watching. They're just, they're just sitting they're there. They're listening, they're listening. They're loving, they're loving the rates. Get ratings going up. They're loving it. <laughs> yeah, they are. That's right. And they'll come back and they'll uh, they'll dig in as well. It's good stuff, Kempi. How you been for another week, brother? Yeah, really good. Went down to uh, Trentham on the weekend and our, our horse Cinerama was meant to run, but it um, pulled up. A little bit lame last week with a, well, I guess it's like a pulled hammy in, in layman's terms. So Alan decided to give her give her a bit of a break, but geez, he's on fire, Alan. You know, he should have got Tav Attack in the in the second, just missed it by by a lip and enrolled Seamus over your your horse Potanui Bay and and um, oh, yeah. I had to jump on Waisaki because those two were going so well and it came down the outside and got him at, got him at ten bucks. So it was a really really good day down there catching up with the boys and. Especially a good day for Alan Sherrick and his 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 team. I tell you what, if you're Opie Boston right about now, you're thinking. Gee. Well, you guess he was on the phone straight away. You guess he was on the phone straight away when he won. On for Waisaki's ride. He said, "Have I still got the ride, Alan? Because it was a good ride by Grills. He won it." 
Yeah, but the middle of the middle of the track was supercharged. It was juiced, but he still he timed it perfectly. He didn't panic, and he got him to the right part of the track. And I mean, Waisaki, you know, he, actually, this is a story about Zed, and we see very elegant this freakish race mare thrown by this the stallion, which was standing and sorry serving Clydesdale mares and farm farm hacks. And, well, now, but... and then there's this, and then you got horses like very elegant, and to a lesser extent, Waisaki, with this rapid turn of foot. These staying types that can actually turn it on and can actually move. They're not these big grinding, grinding staying horses. And and looks like the further they go, the better they get. That's that's, that's a thing about them. So um, obviously, shortened right up after that win for the Wellington Cup. I think he's got a probably another another victory coming up, Alan, and that he's he certainly 59 knows. Fifty nine kgs, though, mate. Yeah, it's a big weight for a cup. Yeah, well, the, the field isn't strong. That's a, that, that's the that's the thing, you know. So, and I think I think the best is still in front of him. I think you know, given given that the the race probably goes its way, I think the weight he can carry the weight over that distance. Mm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where he uh, where he ends up. Uh, look, why why I said Opie's got to be careful here is because. He better throw one of these Tiakal Kruk a million chances over the line, or he might be in danger of losing his chant back to the original. There's only one Alan Sharrick. While Al- <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> he, he, hey, no, Premier Days too. Like he, he wasn't happy when Tavatak lost. It should have won. You know, sort of Hazel didn't get it in the position that he wanted it to be in, and, and flew should've, home. Should have won. Should have won. won. So, you know, those Premier Days for Alan when he's when he's up against you know the big boys and. Can show his wares from Taranaki. Um, like I, I really liked watching Alan at work on on Saturday down in Trentham. Did you get hit into the stabling area? And oh man, I walked the horses in. Yeah, I look, look, you, you you're doing work from when you're down there. Like I went and got them, put them on the truck in the morning with them. Um, took the covers off. Went to the went to the races with them. Beat the truck there. Put them in the stables. Give them some water. Um, you're a chance for strapper of the year. Well, but no, no, it's just yeah, he's a very good delegate, Alan. <laughs> so you know, if you're down there and you, he's got things to do, he's you know get that out of the truck and put that over there and meet you in here and take that there. So no, it was a good, it's a good day and they, they're just good buggers. You know, everyone that's involved with the racing industry, the trainers, right through to the owners. Um, you know, Stanley boys. I'm really I was over the moon for the Stanley boys when Seamus won. You know, couldn't see Seamus beating Paranui Bay. I'll be perfectly honest. Well, I don't think anyone could. It was still it was seven seven bucks in the second line, drifting. And yeah, and but the way Seamus won, you know, it's a good horse. Good horse. To be fair, again, right part of the track, right tempo, but good horse. And I think Seamus will get further. I think Seamus Seamus looks like he he's a proper Derby horse. And I said that to oh, that's where he's going. I guarantee you. And I said that to Alan. I said, man, he was getting better. He's like he's got he gets further. No worries at all. Um... So yeah, it looks you know they've had a you know, Wahid, They had the the Stanley boys. They've had some good ones, and and they're just really good people. So I had a good chat to Noel um, after the races. He was over the moon. You know, picked up a, picked up a bit themselves on it, and and but the main thing was that they they knew he was a good horse, and it got a it got a really good um, I guess win against the horse that everyone was thinking was probably one of the best in New Zealand. So so now when people. Because people say it all the time. What does Kimby do? What does Kimby do? You just tell them you're a professional gambler. Oh, Batman. I just wait for the call. 
You're, you know, you're a professional gambler. You see the blood moon over Rangi Tortu last last night. I, it's it's I, sort of similar similar to that. That comes out and then yeah, decide what I'm doing to, have to, to support the country. T T <laughs> to support the country. Just for any industry, any time. Any industry, any time, any place. Just put up the bat. <laughs> just put up the bat torch. <laughs> well, the um, look, it might be. Can you get to can you get to Redcliffs? Yeah, <laughs> well, might be might be might be there by round ten. Yeah. Yeah. Can you get to? Does it work internationally? Um, we'll talk to Adam Blair a, a bit later on. When you, whenever you come in, Kempi said, "Let's talk some league." Couldn't agree more. Let's talk some league. We're only forty nine days away from the start of the NRL season, which will come around fast. And it's probably that there's different narratives that will be coming up. What we last week we spent a lot of time talking about what COVID's going to do to the competition. Mm. Today, I reckon we should focus on the actual competition. Let's just assume that we can get this thing off the ground and it can go ahead. It'll be affected, but not, you know, let's assume that we can play it. And I want to talk, I want to get you, you and Adam to talk about some of the threats this year. Not necessarily about the Warriors, but about the threats across the competition. Will it be the same old story, the big the big boys flexing their muscles? Or is there a chance we can see one of those top six or top eight contenders take a leap and really challenge, you know, the, the Newcastles, the, remember we spoke to Joey, and can, can there be a guy like Caelan Ponga that can really stick a team on their back and, and put them right up into that top two, three? Uh, that's what I want to hear today. Yeah, look, I, the, there are some players that are coming into their prime, you know, it's a, you know like, like the racehorses, you know, two, three-year-olds, they get to six or seven, they're, they're, they're decent horses by that age, you know, they're, they're fully rounded out and... And hitting their straps, and footballers are the same. And there's some decent footballers coming. And Callum Pong is one of them. You know the way that Joey spoke about him on the radio um, with us, and and working with him, and and can't wait to get to see him get out there on the football field. The the the, the big question for me with the Zormacron is how many play like generally you go through you've you know as a as a coach you work out and mitigate your 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 risk of losing players, and and it could be. Um, ten players, it could be thirty players. You know that you, you're losing at some stage. Maybe you, you lose one player three times a year or whatever. But it, <clears throat> I think this year, with the competition, the competition still has the top four teams that are, uh, are always you know the ones to beat: the Melbournes, the Sydney Cities, the Penriths, etc. But underneath them, they've got uh, they've got a, a, a strong set of teams that, if this Omicron takes a chunk of players, then this is the silliness of the of the Omicron situation out of some of those top teams and not the bottom teams, then we're going to see some scraps on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And given the fact that you need a bit of luck, because you do need a lot of luck um, going your way, and and when the thing hits and 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 so on, we, we're watching Aussie, um, you know, like we saw just before Christmas, a couple of clubs shut down because they had, had COVID scares through their camps and players been infected. When it hits and so on, I, I don't know whether they're doing analysis on you know on all this the teams, and also like you like we spoke about last week, like how does our depth look? You how know? deep do we go? Because the one thing you haven't got, and and the the good the good analysis will tell you there is no good halves and hookers that that stretch down through the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup. You know what I mean? So you'd want to be pitching for those players right now. Or you would have already wanted to have secured them to come straight back into your team, you know. But you've, then you've got all that 
that criteria about registering players and you know, holding players and your, your 25 plus your, your, your contracted players and, and so on. But I think there needs to be, oh, the, oh, I, don't, I don't know this because I haven't spoken to anyone about it, but there needs to be a policy around what happens when it hits and how many players can we bring in from outside the competition to make sure that the competition still succeeds. But what that happens to the, you know, if you get that mix in the top four and they're affected by it more than the team, the, the bottom teams below them, man, then we've got a, then we've got a fight on this year. Yeah, a hundred percent. Do you think there's much scope to like the how efficient are the scouting processes in the NRL? Like, I know that there'll be scouts beavering away, and there'll be kind of teams will be better at it than other teams. And we've already spoken about the Melbourne Storm since you've been here. How how many inefficiencies are there? And do you think that these players that are kind of under that, not even under the first layer, if you peel the the next layer of depth back, but under the next one, do you think that there are just pl- there are plenty of good NRL players out there that are just way off the radar? Or not um, but potential in our up potential potential that's right hundred percent you know you're talking about um, scouting like I, I think scouting's a dime a dozen you know what I mean you can anyone anyone who knows um, footballers like you go to my place for instance in Taranaki and you, and you look at looking for a rugby league player you're talking to people like the Howie Tarmides and the Terry Tarmides you know what I mean the Tarmides um, or you're talking to the Lukes down in, down the South Taranaki the the people that know that these footballers can play. Um, so it's not that hard scaling the players. It's like getting the development part of it right, such as what Melbourne does, you know, and they've been doing it year in, year out, just taking average players, putting them into a, an environment and turning them into pure champions. Mm. Um, I, I can't see a lot of clubs doing that in a, in a, in a season where you're going to bring them in and, and expect them to be picked, put, in a, put in a culture that isn't firing like a Melbourne so what you what you really need to do is you need to have a, a team around you that can select players that are working with them um, and preparing them to to come in at a certain stage because that's a challenge too, mate. You know, if, like if you've got let's say you have a you 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 have a little bit of a scare in there, you lose six players overnight. Like you you're in big trouble. Like your team's in big trouble. You know, so you're bringing six six players in. You want to hope that they're being developed and ready to play. I think we're going to uh, – look, I think for a lot of um, – and, you know, it's worth pointing out, this is happening with the NBL and the A-League right now. But I think this is going to hit home for a lot of people when we see it with the NRL, with Super Rugby in New Zealand. Leon McDonald actually spoke about it at his Blues press conference the other day. They're readying themselves for when Omicron – when it hits our shores and we see we won't see scenes like Australia because our our restrictions will be tighter than that. There's no no doubt about that. But you know, they're reading reading them themselves. I think it's almost and it's I don't want to say out of sight, out of mind, because a lot of people watch the A League, a lot of people watch the NBL. But maybe you're less acquainted with the players. So you don't necessarily know exactly how if that person's necessarily a first stringer or a second stringer. But when we start seeing NRL teams turn out and you only recognise five or six names on the team sheet, I think it's going to be a slap in the face for a lot of people and go, has this happened overnight? No, no, they'll be preparing for it right now. The the AFL especially, I know, because they need big lists. They have a lot of player on their, a lot of players on their list, and, and the uh, VFL, the one underneath it, will be getting a serious workout. And, and I guarantee you, there'll be a story coming out saying there's a team that wasn't prepared, and you would hate to be the owner of a club where your team wasn't preparing for this to happen because it is being portrayed as 
you know, it's got, it's going to sweep through, and we're seeing it at the moment in Australia. You know, so where's the competition played? It ain't being played in America. You know what I mean? It's being played in the middle of this sweeping um, pandemic that's going through the states in Australia at the moment. So it doesn't take a rocket rocket scientist to say, you know, maybe it might get into to the league somehow and there's going to be some players that get pushed out so you want to have a plan and contingency plan in place and I and for me I really hope that the Warriors have got that because on paper they've actually got a really solid nucleus of, of players that are hitting their prime I've still got a question mark around the hooker but what's underneath that what's underneath it you know what I mean they I don't do. they don't want to be that team that that loses a number of players yeah, love it, Kempi. I want you to mull, before we get on Adam Blair after 8 o'clock, I want you to mull over a Smokey for this year, and I want you to mull over a team that's ready to really to really pounce and ready to go bang, maybe a player too. The Ferns are warming up for their game against South Africa. This will be the third and fourth playoff, I would suspect, in the, I guess, I don't know if that's exactly what they're calling it, uh, up there in the quad series. Deb Fuller at 8.40 this morning to dissect that. Plenty going on. This morning here at SCNZ. After this, we're going to take in all the action from Melbourne Park last night. Brett Phillips and the SCN tennis crew all over it. Naomi Osaka in action, as well as Rafael Nadal yesterday. Gee, he's doing it easy. I love the Australian Open. We're going to take in the highlights of the Australian Open day three, I think, after this. SCNZ, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Shop the Quest Nutrition range at Chemist Warehouse and get any two products for $7.10. Sun, sand and the summer breakfast. You're listening to SCNZ. 24 and a half minutes past 6 o'clock this morning on SCNZ. I've banged on about it enough and I won't stop for another probably 13 odd days or, yeah, thereabouts. Anyway, the Australian Open, it's a great event. And yesterday, last night... Over there at Melbourne Park, some fantastic action, including Naomi Osaka right there in the four. Let's head and catch up with Brett Phillips and the crew who called it all on SEN. Forehand is deep right on the line there by Osaka. Bringle sends it back to the forehand of Osaka who pulls it wide and (laughs) Daddy has the hands up in the air. Rice smile. The Aussie crowd always loves to get behind the underdog. Osaka launches the serve with the backhand of Bringle. They go at it from the baseline. Nice angle on the backhand from Madison Bringle. That is not an easy shot to play. We saw Paolo Bedosa play that shot beautifully in the first match today. So that's a winner. Brett, she's up to four now. All backhands. And uh, that's that's uh, for her, that's a big move. Can Osaka deliver a fine serve and she just blunts it back. Bringle to good effect on the baseline. Big off forehand by Osaka. Scampering is Bringle. Naomi's aggressive. She's into the net. Puts up the lob. Does Bringle? Oh, it's a wild overhead that misses a long way from Osaka. And Madison Bringle has broken the Osaka serve. Break point opportunity for Naomi. As Bringle will put the serve back into play. Backhand cross court by Osaka. It's a backhand cross court exchange. Now the forehand, whipped with plenty of velocity there by Osaka, just retrieving Bringle under all sorts of pressure. Osaka went back at her, Bringle went at Osaka, and she had the nice hands at the net to execute the volley, and Naomi's got things back on track at four games all. Being broken, could have got out to a 3-5 deficit. Cross court with the backhand with Osaka, drop shot here from Bringle, brings Naomi forward, up the line she goes, or Bringle tried to curl it back, and... Couldn't quite keep it in. 
A wry smile from both players. This might top it, but then it was the extra power off the backhand for Zverev, and it caught Milman napping on the baseline, and that one at 22 shots. And Zverev has broken first game of the match. Wide to the backhand here of Milman. The middle of the court. The backhand is long by Sasha. Milman strikes straight back. Well, who would have picked that? Two breaks of serve to start this contest. Increases the angle on the backhand. Forehand cross court by Milman. Up the line by Zverev. Up the middle here. Catch a little bit of the tape. Was uh, Milman slicing away Zverev back to the forehand of Milman. They're trading blows. Trying to increase the angle. Really working each other over here. Catching with the tape was Verev. It brings Milman forward. He went cross court with the backhand. It didn't clear the top of the tape. Three breaks of serve. Verev opens up the shoulders on the forehand. Milman, did he work it back? He did. The outstretched backhand. He steered it right up the line. How about that? That was a shot of the match so far. Oh, that was Johnny. Uh, on the baseline. He's rushing in up the line. Can he pass here? It was a great return. How about the pickup from Zverev? It was great angle on the backhand from Milman to dip on Zverev and a little pickup on the half volley. Was superb. Zverev will take it on the backhand. Forehand from Milman. Back out the line by Zverev. Retrieved here by Milman, but it sails long. Just over the baseline and Zverev, the break again. Off forehand. Change direction, Milman. Retrieved it did uh, Sasha Zverev. Milman's getting in. He's trying to pass Zverev. Puts up the volley. Uh, did Milman then Zverev like a big gazelle. Got to the ball and hit a beautiful cross-court backhand winner. And Zverev launches the serve out wide. He can't get it back effectively. Milman on the backhand. And Alexander Zverev, the third seed at this year's Australian Open. Well, he's into the third round. 6-4, 6-4, 6-love. There you go. All the action from Melbourne Park last night and yesterday, John the Mailman, Milman and Naomi Osaka, a couple of those people in action. Uh, we spoke at nauseam about Novak Djokovic. I think we can move on. Although, one of Tony Kemp's favourite athletes of all time, he's about to have the same situation. Kelly Slater. Well, mate, I, don't, I think if anyone can pull it off, Kelly can. <laughs> they, mate, I would have, mate, I would have agreed with you, but they've already the federal sport minister has already just to probably avoid any confusion. They did not have a similar situation. Did, as so said. you heard the story about him up at Tauriti. So he's 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 jumped into New Zealand on the super yacht with the owner that owns that big place up there in Mangawai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yep. he's been here a few times. Yeah, mate. Yeah, just you know, no no um, border security. Just. Park, park the yacht, super yacht out the out the um, back of Tauri Point and Tauri Bay there, and 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 zoomed in on a on a, I guess a super yacht smaller boat, <laughs> whatever that's called, you know, mate. and picked them up on a on a little dinghy and took them in. And uh, if anyone can pull off getting into Australia, and and uh, well, the thing you're, is, you're talking surfing. Is you're talking surfing versus tennis, mate. Well, the thing is, he wants to compete, so it's not necessarily that being smuggled in on a super yacht baby yacht. He wants to compete. He's not going to do it. Um, they were not going to let him. So that, that's they, he's not vaccinated, and he's been quite vocal about that. He's a big 
Joe Rogan. Man. I hope you gave Taranaki a plug last week on the New Zealand Surfing Champs, mate, for taking out the 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 province. Mate, the, we, the spoke club. To, we spoke to pa- Paige Harris, Daniel Farr, mate. These these Naki surfers, the Taranaki board riders, on fo- on fire. I knew you would have loved that. Absolutely. I knew you would have loved that down there in the west coast. And, I mean, these are two two things that you love: the west coast of New Zealand. That's right. Good league country and Taranaki. Taranaki, yeah, man, Taranaki. I like the, um, you know, the Taranaki Harcourt, you know, that brand Taranaki Harcourt, that's actually um, owned by Grumpy Dwyer, who owns the surf shop Taranaki Harcourt, but he's actually an Aussie from Cronulla. There you go. So, you know, you you go down there and settle down, you've fallen in love with the place. And and he's got, I reckon that Taranaki Harcourt brand, I've been all around the world and seen his stickers everywhere. That's exactly right. Mitch McLennigan even said that. He said, Paige, how many of those Taranaki Harcourt stickers did you take down to the West Coast and just bombed on the back of people's cars? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even even around Auckland, you're like, oh, there's another person from Taranaki because they got the Harcourt sticker on the back of their window. That's it, mate. Maybe we need a satellite studio down there. We'll work on it. 29 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Let's get to Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. SNZ, we are 26 minutes away from 7 o'clock, Thursday 20th of January 2022, which means that we are one sleep to Friday, two sleeps to Saturday, two sleeps to there's only one Opie Boston, uh, Karaka Million. <laughs> How good! The Caracamillion Barrier draw live and exclusive yesterday on SCNZ. That was fun. The draw all important, Kempi, because Wolverine, and I know you got time for this filly, we've all got time for this filly, racing in the Aussie Bloodstock colours, drew out. Barrier 13, though the market didn't care. $4.50 into $4. I guess the big mover and the big winner from the draws was Team Tiako and Opie Boss and Dynastic. Barrier 5, 380 into 350 straight away. Opie obviously does the track work, got his pick, and he's taken on Dynastic. He'll probably be maybe two back, one out, maybe even lob into the 1-1, and that's where you'd want to be on this. Well, you got the best jockey on it. So, you know, I'm, I still I still like Wolverine, and even though it's drawn wide, Um It'd be hard to should be hard to still hard to beat, but you know, Opie's been out for a little while too. You know, keeps hitting them a little bit too hard too often. No, apparently, yeah, well, apparently. You know, that's, apparently, that's the big talk at the moment, and one of the things that Bruce Sherrick has to deal with. Uh, I know that he had a chat with the jockeys um, pre-game on Saturday down there before they all went off about that that issue. So, um, yeah, times are changing, and you know, I, that's I've I've read that. Um, that article about what they're trying to do, and man, you're you're a hard place to be if you're an athlete and you're and you're two two hundred out from the line. You've got something breathing down your neck, and you've got to get your stride right before you you give the horse a, a bit of a reminder that it's it's got a chance of winning. So, um, hope, hopefully, they sort that part out. But I, you know, again, getting Opie, Opie, you've got to get your best jockeys to the premier meetings. Well, so this time last year, the anomaly was that Opie Boston had been scrubbed out. He checked, I think Fleetwood Macker it was, on um, New Year's Day. So he got scrubbed out last year, and it was a it was a real shame because Karaka Million Night, boys get paid, Opie Boston, the chance, the, the Tiaka, the Tangerine, becomes synonymous really, hadn't it? And 
it was a shame because well, it was a shame because he wasn't there. But then we what we realised is the jockey depth in New Zealand is actually more than you expect. And and guy Jonathan Parks rode on the bubbles, just an absolute peach. Got him in the one one from barrier fourteen. That's so saying that Wolverine wide draws do not matter necessarily. Probably won it from barrier fourteen on the bubbles. Won it from barrier fourteen. What you usually see with these two year olds is the best horse wins. That's right. The best juvenile will win. Yeah. And she has got runs on the board. Picket fence one one one. She's run at Ellerslie. She's a professional two-year-old. She's got that kind of big composition. She's strong. She's stroppy. Uh, Royden Burgesson said to us yesterday, before she gets out on the track, she's trying to kick people. She's trying to bite people. Once she does her work, she's a darling. She just wants to gallop. Yeah. And that's yep. what you want to hear, eh? Well, you do you do lean into these big races. So, um, But, you know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. If you've got someone like Opie on your horse and you're an owner, um, for instance, you know that he's a dead set chance of winning, especially if he's favourite. So you know you can't go down to these these big premier uh, meetings and you're, you're looking for jockeys to ride your horse. Uh, hence the reason why Opie's on the phone to Alan when she, when Wasaki goes across the line the way that he did. You've know, got a decent trainer and a, and the best jockey in the country wanting to team up together. You know, TAB's watching that sort of stuff, and that's why they shorten Wasaki right up. Yeah, do you know what? That's exactly where I was going. Here's one for punters, and, and Michael Guerin talks about this a lot on the Mail Run. Um, when you're trying to work out whether odds are good and whether you, the opening price of something is going to last and whether you can get over the odds or whether you're better to hold off, one of the biggest indicators is strike rates of jockeys, strike rates of trainers and horses. And when you get that golden mix together like Wolverine, Royden Burgesson's got a great strike rate because he doesn't have a lot of horses. He's a good trainer. When you've got a guy, um, Lee Thinnis, who's been riding really well over the last kind of 50 races sort of thing, he, he's got to have a high strike rate, especially when you add his strike rate in with what he does at Ellerslie. He's kind of the king around there. He knows that like the back of his hand. Then you look at a, a horse like Wolverine who's got 1-1-1 one, one, one next to its name. The algorithms and the punters that punt off spreadsheets, that is always going to ping. Which means that I'm not surprised to see. Well, actually, I am surprised Can you send to see me your four algorithm? I don't, mate, I don't have one. I'm not smart enough. You've got that Allen rhythm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a thing. There's a thing with Allen. You know, you you, ha- you used to have telegrams, and then they bought in teletext, and now it's called Tell Allen. <laughs> tell Tell Allen. Tell Allen. Trudy, he'll you, tell everyone. Trudy, have you had time to go through the fields and find the horse with the prettiest jacket? Prettiest colours, lucky number. So, what's horse number six? Oh, my favourite number. I love that. Dynastic. Dynastic. I love Fantastic. that. Fantastic. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you mic, Trudy? You've oh, got to so speak into your mic. Close. <laughs> Jeez, for someone who's been in the, ra- the, the, radio, in the radio industry for... I didn't think you'd put me on. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, horse six. Dyna- that's lucky. Dynastic. So I'll put something on that. What a cool little $10 well, each Maybe get, get your... Um, no, no, I should Jeez, I've seen your car out in the car park. You can put more than 10 bucks on it. <laughs> oh, oh Joe. I've, I've just got oh, it back jo- yesterday after two months, actually. That's another story. Oh, I'm a bit worried. We're going to get off to Quizzy Dig, but I'm a bit worried. Kimby and Joe were missing for about 10 minutes this morning, and I'm a bit worried Joey's running some sort of scam. He's trying to get Kimby to pay for parking, and it's going into his, his yeah. pan, panel up wages. Obviously. He, he panicked too when I said, put your hand in your pocket. I'm not paying for the parking. <laughs> Yeah, that's the panel ops job, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look at his face. All right, mate. Joe, why don't you give us a call? 0800 150 Try and win a $50 TAB bonus bet. You can have a stab at the uh, Karaka Million, or you could listen to Graham Richardson up after 7.40 because he's got a nice small team in, but three chances. Chances. we got a chance. It is 20 minutes from 7. Give us a call. 0800 150 811. Quizzy Dag with Kimpy. Kimpy Dag after this. 
with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like I skip a pass. Louie, Trudy, cares and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies because this ain't in the bag. Oh, 800-150-811. Now give it a go. Alright, SCNZ, we are 14 minutes away from 7 o'clock. Quizzy Dag, here we go. we got Kempi in the hot seat. Not happy with your hair loss, mate. Today, your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin online right now. Kempi, you got the quiz locked and loaded? I have, and I've had a look at it, and I think it's it's doable, actually. So, um, these are, I know Chris, just before Christmas time, the boys have put them together. No one was... We had to go through a ton of callers to get to the end of it, but I think we'll be right today. Who am I talking to first up? Is it Brenton? Yeah, sure. Hey, hey, Brendan, hey, how you going? Right, yeah, I'm good, good man. How you going? Yeah, good, good. Enjoying the sun. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's the best summer we've had for a while. Um, but uh, you know, good luck today. Uh, we're going to start with the first question. Here. Who's the captain of the Wellington Phoenix? Got a famous name in soccer. Uh, Isn't there only really one name know. in New Zealand soccer? Oh, there's the whole team. I don't know. Actually, have a stand, Brendan. Nah, can't have my, I can't even think of someone, man. Oh, well. All right, you go get a coffee, wake up. All right, <laughs> let's go to Richie. Richie, who's the who's the captain of Wellington Phoenix? Alex Rufer. Yeah, you got it. That's the first one down. How many quarterbacks were taken ahead of Tom Brady in the 2000 NFL draft? My favourite number. Four. Ooh, that's my second favourite. Cheers. <laughs> Okay, Simon. <laughs> Sorry, Richie. Louis loves you, mate. Hey, Simon. Here you go, mate. Who? Who? How many quarterbacks were taken ahead of Tom Brady in the 2000 NFL draft? Rudy's favourite number at the uh, at the crack of millions this weekend. Trudy's. Yeah. Number six. Yep. You got it. You got it. Uh, uh, question three: Which sport does Kiwi Peter Michael compete in? Newest addition to the New Zealand Winter Olympic team. Friday nights down at Fitzroy. <laughs> Done plenty of it. Is he a speed skater? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I used to love that too. I used to love going down there on Friday nights at, in Fitzroy. Gee, down your knees wouldn't go too good on skates. But not now they wouldn't. I'll tell you, I'll tell you not. And need pretty big skates. Uh, skates. Anyway, how many times have the Silver Ferns won the quad series? Um, nickel. <laughs> Callum, I'll give you I'll give you a hint because it's tough. That's a tough question. It's only been around since 2015. Um, <clears throat> I'll go. Oh, sorry, that's not much of a hint. <laughs> Simon, sorry. I'll just have a stab at twice. Close, but no chocolates. Cheers, mate. Hey, Callum, how you going, mate? How many times have the Silver Ferns won the Quad Series? Uh, is it twice? Five? Did you say? <laughs> yeah, you uh, said five. Five. Oh, I twice. Five. <laughs> no, but that was the same answer as the previous caller. So, guys, it's not twice, okay? <laughs> okay, we're going to go to Tim. Go on, Tim. Hey, Tim, you got this? How are we going? Yeah, good, man. It's uh, three times. Oh. 
Yeah. So we went to the right of two. Let's go to Damon. How many times have they won the quad series? Try the left of two. Uh, oh, one. <laughs> You've got it. You've got it. All right. And then here's the money question. The Aussie Open has so far been played by crowds yelling, Sue. Did I get that right? Yep. Sue. <laughs> All right, we used to call it, we used to say shooey. Shoo, shoo, shoo when he was playing in Newcastle, but it's suey. The phenomenon is based off which professional footballer's celebration? Pretty well known. Who's the. Oh, I would say pretty well known. Oh, the only is bloke. It Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, David. Palmy. Palmy. Hey, um, Damon, Palmy, you'd be right into your racing, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, um, we're going to be. I'm, I'm excited. We've got one more sleep, and we're flying up to to join the BGP lads at the trips tomorrow night. Then uh, can't wait for Saturday. I just I knew it because you can't be from Palmy and not be into that BGP lot, right? Exactly, and I think I might for my multi. I might put it on. I see the lads have back Rapid Falls. And um, I might put it on that onto Wolverine because Burgie's from here as well. So I might that might be my multi. That's good to know. Thank you very much. Good racing country, Damon. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Quizzy Dag goes to a good Kiwi and Damon from Palmerston North. Good spot. Lots of racing folk down there again. Not happy with your hair loss, mate. Today, your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin online today. Nice stuff, Kempe. You really dominated that quiz. Shouldn't have expected anything else. The Silver Ferns are up 16-14 in the quad series. I tell you what, they're not going to win this one, though, because, well, they might win the game, but they can't win the quad series. I think this is about the third or fourth playoff. Um, England and Australia will be duking it out for the honours. It is nine, eight and a half minutes away from seven. Trudy's World up after this. It's Trudy's World. 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 I am going to love you forever, Joe, with that intro. I still marvel at it. Every morning it's such singing glory. And in fact, on this day, uh, 1988, um, uh, the number one song was Michael Bolton, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? And I, I sort of think you sound a lot like Michael Bolton. He yeah. looks like him. A L- little bit, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's lovely, <laughs> it's lovely to have you here, Kempe, filling in for Baz and Lizzie. Of course, be here, been, yeah, nice to meet you in person today because we've been doing it remotely. Nice to meet you. And I'm very impressed coming, arriving in a muscle shirt, half a muscle of shirt. Of course, yeah. talking it's blood moon. Trying to pull it off. Lugu. Lugu, yeah. Where's muscle shirt, talking Batman, talking the blood moon. So, I'm, yeah, no, I'm definitely on it. So, I thought. Do you know I'd, what, do you know what Kempe does for a job? No. Neither. <laughs> Are you looking. What are you looking at, Joe? (laughs) 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 Change of subject. I'll I'll find out in the break. I'll let you know. Uh, Talking Batman, get this story. The entire state of Missouri got an emergency text this week, so pretty much like our um, civil defence alerts that go out. But this one was a test, and it wasn't supposed to go out to these hundreds of thousands of people, and the, the, the emergency alert read... Gotham City, MO, purple and green, 1978, Dodge GT. So basically the police to keep an eye out for Batman. The, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not Joker's for sale. Car. Just to put it, put it right, that car's not for sale. It's All not right. for sale. So, yeah, so it was basically this police alert to keep an eye out and pull over this exact car as a bit of a joke. It was a test. And anyway, the, uh, the alert went out, the highway patrol went and responded. It's fantastic. The dark night Funny. was not needed. If, it, if you're going to be a superhero, who would you be? Catwoman. I had to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't going to be Poison Ivy. <laughs> uh, uh, only because I've got two black cats, yeah? Robin Hood, mate. Is he a superhero? Oh, you're he- Clark Kent, though, with those oh. glasses. Superman. Yep, no, you do suit Robin Hood. Mm. Steal from the tab. That's give, right. give it to myself. 
<laughs> and like talking it. today in history, 20th of Jan's quite a big day. The Beatles appeared on their first big TV show. It was a show called Shindig back on this day, 1965. Um, 1981, Ronald Reagan was inaugurated as the as the president of the US. And eight years to the day later, he became the first ever US president elected since 1840 to leave office as president. Still alive. Uh, Dawson's Creek premiered on the television this day, 1998. Show. And High School Musical. Joey, sing us, sing it to us. Aired for the first time this day. Come on, Joe. 2006. Come on, Joe. Uh, oh, what was the song? I'm, I'm panicking. We're all in this together. Because we know when we are, we're Will Suds and we see it. Here <laughs> 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 we go. You, did, you just knew he was good for it. You just knew he was good for it. You knew he was good for I it. I can see what she sees, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Whack. I told you, Kenzie coming off the back fence today. We wouldn't have it any other way on a Thursday. After this, after the news with Treaty for Kubota, whether we're shaping and building New Zealand, tell you what we've got. Nico Porteous. Legend. Legend. Very Kiwi. Preparing for the X Games this weekend, Monday. And then the Winter Olympics. He's got a trick that no one else can do. We'll talk to him about it. We're all about building up great Kiwis. Nico Porteous is one of those. Up after the news here with Trudy. $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, we're three minutes past seven o'clock this morning here on the 20th of January 2022. I hope your new year has started superbly. It's great to have your company. If you're on your way to work Thursday, which means tomorrow is Friday and you've got another holiday coming up called the weekend. So hang in there, hang tough and stay with us throughout the morning because we've got plenty coming up. we got Graham Richardson. It was good to hear Trudy talk about Tiptronic in her news there. Richie would give us the lead on whether Tiptronic's ready to go huge again at the Karaka Million Races. Adam Blair, great Kiwi, uh, Melbourne Storm player, Brisbane Bronco, former Warrior as well, to talk some rugby league. Deb Fuller, assistant coach of the Silver Ferns. They are leading 27-23 right now in the second quarter with a minute to go in the half against South Africa. But right now, well, this is, well, it's A, it's perfect timing because... We have just seen that there has been about, what have we got? Eight more snow sport athletes added to the New Zealand Winter Olympic team for next month's Winter Olympics in Beijing. So this couldn't have worked out better because we've got Nico Porteous sitting on the line. I'll get to him in just a second. He's going to be joined by, what have we got? Three more three more athletes in the free ski halfpipe. Ben Harrington, his brother Miguel Porteous, Gustav Lignovsky, I hope I've got that right, and... Four more athletes added to the Winter Olympics team, which takes the total number of them to 13. We know that this might be a smaller team for the New Zealand Winter Olympic or the New Zealand Olympic Committee, but we also know that this might be the best chance to have a proper bag and come home with a serious haul. One guy that we can put a bit of faith in because we know he's got better and better and better is Nico Porteous. He's preparing for the X Games at the moment out of the States right now. Stoked to welcome into the show. Morning, Nico. How you doing, man? Nico, do I have you, ma'am? 
That's all right. Yeah, Fo- you should, should have me now. Ah, uh, got, got you, bro. How you doing? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'm doing good. Sorry, I must have clicked mute in, in my pocket. No, I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> no worries, man. I gave you the big wind-up and everything. I thought you Gen Zers were bloody experts on their te- on your tech. <laughs> oh, nah, I still seem to have troubles with it these days. <laughs> <laughs> Heads in the clouds, mate. You must be getting you must be getting too high on that half pipe, eh? <laughs> nah, we'll be, actually be honest with you. I just woke up about. 20 minutes ago so that's probably why oh. um, we had night training night training last night for X Games so um, yeah I, I kind of slept through all my alarms this morning so it's been a bit of a buffle to get everything organised no look I love the honesty mate and that's, look we've all had a sleep we've all had a sleep and especially over well the summer holidays for us but you've been offshore hey um, talk to me about that that sounds interesting night training so the X Games you're, well, firstly, you're in, you're in some serious nick. Um, what you did on Mammoth Mountain, it's the first time I've spoken to you since then. It was unreal, man. You're going super well, and X Games, we have had some success. So you're competing at night. Does that mean you change your schedule and your training to make sure that you're locked and loaded for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So X Games is sort of one of those um, really unique events. You know, it happens every year, but... Um, it's one I always really look forward to as, you know, it is at night. Um, so our event doesn't start until, like... Um, I think it's 7.30. Uh, so we wait around all day, which gets pretty tiring sometimes. But, um, yeah, so our trainings are from like 6.30 to 9 p.m. Um, most nights. And so you get on a bit of a um, nighttime schedule, you know, not going to bed until middle of the night and waking up later in the day to kill some of the day sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to the event this year, you know, uh, with, with what happened last year. It'll be nice to back things up um, and go number two. But um, at the end of the day, it's all about just going skiing and, and uh, trying to better myself uh, on the night. I reckon we need to get – Izzy Dag's still on holiday, man, but we need to get him on, on the phone because um, those All Blacks could give you some tips because they have to burn the whole day, eh, before they get to go out there and play their test matches at night. And it must – I've always thought it must be pretty yeah. – uh, it must be pretty tough because you get used to, I assume you get used to the sun the sun glare and all of the things when you're skiing in the day and, and the different conditions. So is it easy to toggle between the both of the aspects of the competition? Yeah, it, it is. Like, you definitely get used to it. I would say the hardest part for me, um, like, would be the mental side of it. You know, sitting around, waiting all day, gives you more time for your brain to think about, you know, what could happen, what couldn't happen sort of thing and and um, more time to really overthink whereas when you compete in the morning or midday you sort of wake up, do your morning routine and then you're straight into it sort of thing. Um, so it just sort of gives you a bit more peace of mind but when, yeah, like I said, when you're sitting around all day it definitely gets pretty stressful sometimes. Well, you don't, hey Nico, it's Tony Kempe mate, how are you going? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks, Tony. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Hey, hey mate, what are you doing? You're doing all right. Just be standing on the podium at 16 in the Olympics and, and winning all these competitions overseas. Don't don't worry too much about your mental space because a lot of people could actually take you into the high-performance arenas and, and learn, a, learn a bit from you. I want to, um, Do you surf at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I surf, surf heaps as much as I can, really, whenever I have a break. And, um yeah, it's nice, you know, being in a winter sport, it's constantly cold, so um, yeah, you're always craving some sun, and um, yeah, we n- normally head down to Nicaragua. And so, um, so does that help you? Jeez, Nicaragua, you're surfing with the crocodiles down there, I've heard a few stories about that, but does it help you, does it help you <laughs> out with your skating? Are you skiing, sorry? Um, 
Oh, yeah, I would say it helps out quite well. I don't know. I'd like to think it helps out because that means I can go on more surf trips. <laughs> <laughs> it helps your pocket out. So, let, let's just stick with the answer that yeah, it probably does. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, fair enough. There, that makes perfect sense. Hey, um, <laughs> Mammoth Mountain. Now, this was unreal at the World Cup a couple of weeks back. These back-to-back sixteen twenties. I reckon we had you on SCNZ probably about four months ago, and you reckoned you you were cooking something up that you didn't think that, as far as a progression point of view, you didn't think that the field. Uh, you know, the rest of your competitors could do. Was this the 1620s? And as far as you're aware, has anybody been able to nail this trick? Does anyone else have it in their bag just yet? Yeah, no, so that actually wasn't the 16s. Um, so I learnt them, well, a year and a half ago now, so it's sort of like a um, trick that I have pretty locked and loaded in, in my um, repertoire, I guess you could call it. Uh, but um, the new trick is, is uh, something that I'm hoping to bring out this this weekend at X Games, and um, yeah, all goes to plan, and and yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. But the 16s are starting to get starting to get more and more common. You know, there's more people in the field that can do them. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it should it should make for an exciting event. So this this evolution and like pacing yourself when you're launching these new tricks. So you've got something th- this weekend that you can bust out at the X Games. I know how much it would mean to you to go back to back, and then it would probably help you rolling it into the Winter Olympics as well. Do you get nervous when you when you drop a new trick that the others might be able to learn it in time for the next comp? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely there. Definitely is a little bit of strategy involved. You know, like. Um, at the end of the day, I'd like to think there isn't, but, um, you know, it's just the name of the game and, and, um, yeah, you know, everyone's chasing the same thing and that is to be the best gear on the day. And, and, um, if, yeah, if it means that maybe I have to, you know, I don't know, hide a trick for a little while or, or learn it in privacy within, then that's that. And, um, I don't know, it's a bit of a tricky one to explain. Yeah, um, you don't want to let the cat out of the bag, mate. Louis, Louis, trying to get it out of you, so that, that's okay. You keep that trick under. You keep that trick under <laughs> oh, your hat. I can let it out. I can let it out. It's, um, it's on my Instagram. I posted it last week. So, um, well, what is it? Yeah, Break. No, give it. Give us the layman's. Give us the layman's. A, what is it? Yeah, so it's it's a switch double cork fourteen forty. So you take off backwards. You do two flips and four full spins. And you don't reckon anybody else has it? Um, I know one person has tried it a couple of years ago, um, but as of right now, I don't think anyone has it. Is that a weird feeling to know that you're probably the only person on the planet that can do something? Um, I don't know. I really <laughs> when you put it like that. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess that is a bit of a weird feeling. Um, oh, sorry, I don't mean to spin you out. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And that's and that's why his mental I mean, space is so strong, mate. Because he's so calm when you ask questions like that. You know, he just takes it in a stride. Hey, Nico, what what you've got the you got the Red Bull as a sponsor. What's one of the craziest things that you've other sports that you've done along with that Red Bull team? Have you been in, you know, offered to do something crazy with all those other crazy Red Bull Bull athletes? What, what's the freakiest thing you've ever done? Yeah, I'd say the well, there's two two freakiest things I've ever done. I'd say. Um, no disrespect to number two, but um, number one, I think the, the freakiest thing, uh, the freakiest thing I've done was um, got to actually go in one of their stunt their stunt planes um, and get flown around uh, Salzburg, and that was pretty crazy doing full loops and barrel rolls and 
you know, like nose down, I don't know, whatever they call it, like nose face in the ground and pulling like seven Gs. That was absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, I, don't think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I'd get to experience that if it wasn't for Red Bull. And then number two would be um, going in a hot lap with, um, with one of the other Red Bull athletes, Man Mike. Uh, around at, at Highlands down um, close to yeah. Monaco, so yeah, um, I know, I know yeah, Mike. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Good bloke. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a good. Hey man, I'm just going to put it. Dude. I'm just going to put it out here. Next time you're home, give us a call, mate, because I need some. I need some um, some tips on how to snowboard. I, I went out and did Snow Planet for half an hour, and then thought I could take on one of the biggest mountains and it didn't turn out too well. Not, so with, not with your <laughs> need, a bit of, need a bit of practice. Not with your knees, Kempi. Not with your knees. <laughs> hey, um, Nico, it's a really busy nah, time. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you're sorry, mate. You're you're um. This is a busy time for you, so we appreciate you taking the call this morning. X Games and then Winter Olympics. Is this kind of where you've been trying to peak for over the last four years? Is this the kind of two month period that you've really been aiming for and knuckling down for? Um, yeah, I, I would say partly yes, but then also in another fact, no. Like our sport is constantly evolving and it's constantly changing and always working towards new things and. And I think that um, we're pretty lucky in our sport in the fact that X Games is really, really highly regarded. Mm. Um, and that that comes around every year. And so the sport has its big moments uh, every season. But I think, yes, definitely this season is, um, there is there is a bit more pressure on it. And, and um, especially I've put a bit more pressure on myself and, and um, you know, with two comps back to back, it is going to be a bit of a stressful, stressful um, couple of weeks. But uh, it is what it is, and and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to get things going. Yeah, awesome, man. Look, as we always say, you just sound so composed, and um, whatever you're doing in that mental skill side, it's obviously working for you. So hopefully, you, you bear the fruit of that. Just just before we do let you go. Um, this this Winter Olympics team that we're putting together after the once you get past the X Games, this Kiwi team that we're sending here, it, it would be one of the strongest ever. I, I think um, Snow Sports New Zealand are saying that. How cool does it feel to be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with these other Kiwis that are actually changing the game quite literally? Yeah, I mean it's it's an honour, and I think more importantly, it's inspiring. Um, like, yeah, to. to have a full halfback team, um, you know, like, you know, be standing at the top with my brother and then um, young Gustav and, um, yeah, and Ben Harrington as well and, and then all the other athletes, Ben Barclay, Finn Billis, you know, I could, I could just name them all. Um, they're all amazing athletes and people in their own right and, and um, it really, it really does inspire me um, being on the same team as them. And obviously I can't forget Zoe and Alice and, uh, I could just keep going on and on. You might, um, you might yeah, have to. No, man. It's an honour, and yeah, I know, I know. I've dug myself a bit deep, haven't I? But um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, yeah. Snow sports are right. It is the strongest team we've had, and um, hopefully we can we can uh, make some history. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, we'll, we'll give Tian, Chloe, Cool, and I guess yeah. Margot, oh. the rest, Anja, the, the rest of the team. A big shout out, mate. No, seriously. Anya, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah. <laughs> that's it. No, no. Hey, we 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 know what we, you mean. We get it, mate. We get, we get it, it, mate. Don't don't worry. We get it. We know what you're saying. It's it's an un, yeah. unreal kind of era, and um, 
Yeah, you guys are all yeah similar age a lot of you as well, so I bet you have a lot of fun, and there sounds like a real good camaraderie with you. So now we're all super proud of you, mate. Go well this weekend. We'll be tuned in on Monday, and um, yeah, just go send today and like you always do. And whatever happens, we'll be so, we'll be so stoked for you back here in New Zealand, man. Thanks so much for taking the call. All the best, Nico. Yeah, nah, cheers. Thanks for having me on the show. Cheers, guys. There you go, Nico Porteous. He's such a cool. He's such a cool. The humility, dude. eh? They yeah. say that about Kiwi athletes. Is that you know just so down to down to earth and that kid um, for what he's doing around the world and just I could see when he said he was digging himself in a hole. He, he was thinking, man, I hope I didn't miss anyone out here. The parents might be listening, or the their brothers and sisters, and they'll get a, they'll get an Instagram message. Oh, mate, he didn't mention you on the radio, you know. And you could that that's just. That's just the kid. It's just who he is. He's the best. And I actually feel a little bit bad. I might have spun him out when I said he's the only person that can do a certain thing. He probably, he obviously had never considered that, which is fair enough because you're just doing it. He's not like us, who we, well, me, where I sit here and analyse other people doing things. He's just out there doing it. He's a total doer. And um, that trick that he explained, and it's on his Instagram. I have actually seen that now that he mentions it. It's freaky. And the, the back-to-backs, oh, they're crazy. He's had that, as he says, now for 18 months, but they're still, it's still hard. Not, you know, the, the field hasn't really caught up to him in some aspects. It's execution for him. He knows he's got the skills because he's won World Cup events, he's won X Game events, so he knows he can do it. comes down to execution and that mental fortitude he keeps talking about there and, and putting himself in the right position. Uh, like, this whole team of young Kiwis, but Nico in particular, and... I just I feel like they are ready to pounce. I feel like they are the, the sport has got hit an echelon of professionalism snow sports and we spoke to high performance snow sport and and exactly what they've been doing to make sure that works. There's just a a feeling of professionalism and a profe- feeling of readiness that I think these the six games first and foremost then the winter olympics might be one of the special events for New Zealand of the last wee while. I really do. Yeah, and and the exciting part about being a such a young team is that you, you sort of don't really understand risk and you push yourselves to, you know, places that you, you you wonder whether or not you can make it. So I've had a look at some of the stuff that he does on Instagram too and, you know, I don't know if you've been skiing and fallen over in the snow. It isn't like falling over off your surfboard. No. You know, it's um, it to be getting that, that high and doing those amount of twists and turns and landing in the wrong position, it's going to it's gonna hurt. So I... Yeah, the, the, I, I, I agree with you. I think the team, the New Zealand team that they have, they're a bunch of kids that just push each other to the limit. And, and that's just, you know, that's what we do. I actually, um, I watched a video of him, how he learns his new tricks and just the process, Kimpy. The, the, like the concept, the conceptual stage of what they're trying to achieve, lots of like the mental understanding it, then the trampoline, then the airbag, and then, you know, he, and he kind of took a deep breath and he's like, but then you've got to land it on the snow. Mm. And you have to commit, and it's got to be full commit. And um, so there's just so many different aspects. And I think it's one of those things, it's not quite like rugby or rugby league or football or cricket that we have a base understanding of because we grew up with balls in hand and we could kind of run and kick, and that's just kind of what you do in the schoolyard. There's a level of, uh, this is so foreign because these guys are doing things that physically and mentally I just could not conceive. So this, so this is a generation, see, back in our days when we were kids growing up, you know, you, I went for a ski up the Taranaki Mountain with a black black plastic bag, mate. You know, we couldn't afford skis. You just take up a rubbish bag and go as high as you could and jump on it and ski down it. These these athletes these days, it makes me wonder, 
around the athletes in my day if they were exposed to these type of sports. And that's why I was really intrigued about, man, he's with Red Bull. I wonder what's a, what other mm. other things he can do because it's all about adrenaline. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I think one of the biggest problems for sports sports people is that the, one of the reasons why they're such high-performing athletes is because they love that adrenaline. And when you're doing things like this, I, I often look at, I'm get, I get envious of people like Nika and say, man, wonder how I would have went at that sport. You know what I mean? Like, what what, what did you do? Like, oh, I hopped in that plane. Like, have you seen that pl- those planes that yeah. hopping? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that, that much force going against you and just, you know, the amount of adrenaline that would have been rushing through your body. So, you know, what, how, what, what would, would top athletes back in our days if they were exposed to this type of environment, how good would they have been? That's the, you know, sometimes when you look at it, but we just were never exposed to it, mate. Yeah, well, sport, just like any other industry, has professionalised and um, grown and evolved so much. And I think the word you're looking for is exposure. And so these young Kiwis were exposed at a young age to possibilities that there were and possibilities that never existed. And the best thing is is that there are kids that are watching Nico Porteous. He's only five for four years older than them, but he's totally inspiring. And that's why when he said that it's actually inspiring standing with these other athletes, I fully believe him. Oh, 100%. I fully believe him because he's standing there watching them go do things that he's like, wow, like that is unreal. Let me try. And that's why I've got a lot of faith in this Winter Olympics team we're sending. Very cool to see those eight athletes added today, this morning. Nico Porteous, legendary Kiwi. Great to catch up with him ahead of the X Games. 2.30 on Monday, I believe that's when you can catch that. Aspen, Colorado. Huge. Love it. 22 and a half minutes past 7 o'clock. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. SCNZ, we are 27 and a half minutes past 7 o'clock now. Great to catch up with Nico Porteous. If you missed that, Baz and Izzy for breakfast, the podcast channels, we'll get that online and on I want to Twitter. come back as Nico Porteous when I'm reincarnated. I want to come back as Nico Porteous. Dead set. <laughs> Mate, did you hear that? Oh, yeah, I love surfing. Your knees aren't... Yeah. Well, well, yeah. That's what I mean, reincarnation. Like, I have new knees if I'm Nic- reincarnated. Nicaragua. How good's that? My head on Nico Porteous' shoulder made me world champ every day. Well, I think I think his head on his shoulders, he literally <laughs> is a world champ. And he, and he, that, like when he answered your question there about mental space, I was just going, how do you retain that mental space? That's the question. Like, How do you maintain that mental space probably, to finish, prob- finish top all the time? Probably not thinking about the fact that he's That's the a, only person can do the a pressure. trick. The pressure. He just doesn't let the pressure get to him. Just doesn't consider it, which is good. Hey, a couple of texts here, Kempe. Double eight, double three. I would love to hear from you. 0800 150 811, the Kennards Hire phone line. Uh, would love to hear from you this morning. Whether it be Nico Porteous, this look, Winter Olympics is not something. Or sorry, snow sports is not something I've previously been overly acquainted with. A couple of years ago, I went to the Winter Games and uh, got a good look at it, and it really gave me a respect for how gnarly what these athletes are doing is. If you know a bit more, and you reckon this is a great, do you agree this is our best ever Winter Olympics or our deepest ever squad? Get in touch. Double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Just on a slight change of tack. I hope the women's cricket goes ahead, says Michael from Wellington. Yes. Well, Michael, yesterday, obviously, we got the news that um, the Black Caps tour to Australia is off, and it looks like the T20s in New Zealand against Australia will also definitely be off because he's got no MIQ spots. The Women's World Cup will go ahead because the teams had allocated MIQ spots already. The Test Series against South Africa will also go ahead, and as will... The 
uh, series against the Netherlands because they were previously booked. They had the MIQ spots. Where we kind of got confused, or not confused, but what went wrong was the government said that there would be quarantine-free travel between New Zealand and Australia. That was probably before Omicron had uh, really sunk its teeth into the world. Maybe it was just getting its teeth into North America and Europe. But the landscape has changed. New Zealand cricket seemed to have taken the pill. And look, they were David White was pretty amicable in his, his response. We can hear a bit of that after the news with Trudy. But we'll also want to hear from you on Winter Olympics. 0800 150 811. Plenty to discuss this morning. We've still got Graham Richardson to come up, Adam Blair and Debbie Fuller. The, wall, the Silver Ferns, they are just lost a little bit of legroom against the South Africans. Gee, that's an early spill. 38-35, they trail with two minutes to go in the third quarter. Here's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. 32, uh, we are 27 and a half minutes away from 8 o'clock. Now three-quarter time in the netball. We're talking Winter Olympics. This is the strongest side we've ever, well, team we've ever sent. And it'll be Beijing, and I'm saying this might be one of the real highlights of the sporting decade for New Zealand. Charlie has given us a call on the Kennard's High phone line. Morning, Charlie. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're loving it. You into your winter sports, man? Well, not until recently, mate. No, I think we're really watching Nick Arpordius the Olympics, the last Winter Olympics, and the young kids then, it was quite amazing how much, oh, well, how fearless they are. Mm. Like Kemi was saying, some of the stuff they do is just mind-blowing, and they just seem to take it on their, in their stride. It's it's part of their game, you know, it's, it's amazing. And I think Red Bull X Games have a massive amount to, to take the credit for that, because when they started off doing Red Bull, with the motorbikes and things, you know, and, and everybody sort of watching. What was that? Is it um, Leo? Was the, the Kiwi guy on the bike? Levi Sherwood. <laughs> Levi Sherwood, you know, and, and then I, I know as a kid, as a living in New Zealand, to start taking interest because it's somebody on the world stage. And now Red Bull have just got massive. Their, their X Games would be better to watch, I reckon, than the actual Olympic Games. But it's going to be really nice having a team of thirteen to, to compete for New Zealand, and I think they'll bring home a some serious medals, I think. Yeah, and that's the that, that's the point, isn't it? Like how tough these kids are when they know they've only got such a a, a short um, room for error on you know th- those bloke those blokes on those motorbikes. Like seriously, they're doing flips up five hundred meters up in the sky and they lose the bike. And and the, and the chicks too, um, yeah. uh, Courtney Duncan. Like they are, they are. You're right. The margin of error, Kempi is. And I, and I reckon that's what makes these makes these kids so special is that they just go out there and they're doing these things, thinking, man, you know, I know how hard it is just falling over on the on the snow when you when you're just snowboarding. So imagine what it's like for these these guys and those half pipes on those motorbikes. You know, when they're going that far far up in the air, when they come down, you're going, oh, you know. Small room for error. That's right. Hey, Charlie. Um, so now, just getting back, getting back into it. Do you, just here's one question I'll leave you with. Do you think that we understand in New Zealand the value of an X Game gold medal? Because we we are obsessed about the Olympics, right? Look at the Halbergs. But do you think that because you could hear it when we spoke to Nico just then? He, he said it's not necessarily about peaking every four years. There's so me, there's so much with the X Games each year that they want to get up for. So in New Zealand, do we understand the value of an X Games medal? Mate, let's not start on the Halbergs. It needs a total revamp, or they need to get new awards. Mate, honestly, honestly, they need. There are there are hundreds, hundreds of Kiwi athletes out there that you never hear of till they actually win something. Um, just a quick one before I leave. Yesterday, you gave a couple of tips. I think it was Canny Lad 
and was it Flutter or something? Yeah. Yeah, how did they go? So it's no good giving me tips, Louis, and they're not telling me how they went, because then I've got to decide what I need to take your advice and spend some money on all right, okay, here you go, here you go, Charlie, there's a text, there's a text here, this is for you, Charlie, there's a text and it's not from you, hey, hyphen, I'm gutted to say I bet against you yesterday and followed Ted in on Diamond Alley, foolish for me as Candyman drifted to about 3.20 and, and 1, what have you got for me today? So there you go, Candyman won race 7, mate, $2.80 on the tote, Flirter was a texter that tipped that in and it didn't run in the top four, so I can't claim that one, which is probably a good thing. Appreciate you call, Charlie. Hey, there's a mistake I, I made there, um, Kempi. I asked Charlie a question, but I included the words Halbergs, and that wasn't actually anything to do with the answer I wanted. And he, and he, he was like a dog through a tennis ball. He couldn't. No, I think I think most Kiwis are the same when you mention Halbergs at the moment. <laughs> they need. Yeah, I was serious. Though. I wanted to know. Do you think we value the? Do you think we value an X Games gold medal high enough? Well, when I first read the article that we were talking, you know, and did my homework on Nico and and looked at what he'd done. The first thing that came to my mind is how come he's not recognised in the Halbergs? Like what 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 we're getting from the um, public is like revamp it, make make it. Well, he, he, to make be it fair, he was he was nominated, and I, and and I don't know. I, to be fair, to be fair, I don't know if he actually would have. In my head, I don't know if he would have been in that four five. I'm not, I'm not talking about the current state of how they how they right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. about the whole thing. Like okay. they, we, we need something. We need something that's a little bit different at the moment. I personally, I think, Kimpy, we can't we can't go down this rabbit hole. We're not. We sucked a whole Thursday into it last time. Levi Sherwood is driving mini stocks now. He has no fear. That guy. Well, that is <laughs> that is how you know. That is how you know if somebody gets into those mini stocks. You know, someone should grab. You know, Tyco Tyco. Um, what well, you should grab these kids, you know, like like the Levi's and the Nikos and all that, and create a, a reality program, and put them through some some reality challenges, mate. It would be great watching. Seriously, what about so they're doing these drive to survive shows, um, golf, tennis, and the Formula One? Yeah, golf and tennis are the new ones. Yep. Maybe we should just do it. I mean, I'm sure that there are plenty of documentaries made, but something that would go onto Netflix or a, you know a platform that's readily accessible, so we can actually try and grasp what they are putting their bodies through and what they're so doing. What, so what about this? So, so let's take the racing concept and we create slots. So you buy a slot, but what they have to do is surf chopu. <laughs> you know what I mean? They have to, um, I don't know, jump off. It's Maddie Johns. He's jump off a mountain with one of those parachutes so, on. Joey Johns is dollar ten here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. And just put one of those sports stars through a set of extreme adrenaline rushes and see who comes off on top. And you buy that slot. And then you pick your athlete. And then we we sell it to the TAB. <laughs> kind of selling it, sounding a little bit Hunger Gamesy, Kempi. But I like where your head's at. It's nineteen and a half minutes away, twenty one and a half minutes away from eight o'clock, as I should say. Graham Richardson, he's got a hand to play on Karaka Million Night outside of the Karaka Million races. We're going to catch up with Richie next. He's Baz's neighbour. We'll see if he's seen had any Baz sightings of late down there in the mighty Mudder Mudder. Stay with us. SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Um, still enjoying their time on the farm, on the beach. We're going to cross now to, oh, he's a great racing man. He's a good New Zealander. He's got a lovely hand to play on our favourite race meet, the Karaka Millions Night, without being necessarily all over the Karaka Million races. And he's also Baz's neighbour. So we might start here with Graham Richardson. Richie, morning to you. Have you had any Baz sightings around Matamata lately? Oh, I've seen him from a distance working hard. It's what's 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 working hard holding a hose? <laughs> he's feeding his horses, and he's actually been doing a heap around his farm. 
He has. Sure. Yeah. He, he'd think mm. manual labour was a Mexican bandit, wouldn't he? No, no, he loves it. He loves it, Baz, doesn't he, Richie? <laughs> he loves it, eh? Hey? He loves it. He's a real down the earth stuff. Yeah, that's it. He's a real Kiwi from South Dunedin, and he won't let you. He won't let you forget it. So um, that's good. That's good. We'll, 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 the the listeners are getting sick of us, Richie. So we, we we need Baz to bring some sense and sensibility back to the show. How are you traveling, mate? You enjoying your summer? Yeah, the horses are going really well. So it's it's always a pick up. You know that you know we had a winner last night, Tarap, and a few last Friday at uh, Taranga. So they're going great. Yeah. Won the group one with Tiptronic. So it's, good uh, horse. it's great for you know, I've only got about twenty five years good horse. He's got, he'll be he'll be living with me and uh, next door to Bears's place when he's retired. Mm. Old Tiptronic. He's got a home already. He's such a cool horse. So how's he how's he travelling in the first um this weekend, Graham? You, you, um, I, I like he's him. Got, yeah, look, you know, you get nervous the closer you get to the race, but and you do, and but um, he he's very very well. Like he's he's I think he's oh, well, he's a hundred and five rating. I don't know what the second horse rating is. It's at eighty two, I think. But so he's got he's got sixty three and a half. And uh, I've got um, Chelsea Burner who rides really well, and she claims to, and that helps. It brings him down to sixty one and a half. But um, oh, I think the next horse might have fifty four. I think so. Mm. That is a massive massive weight, and that's the only thing. It does stop horses. Yeah, it does. Mm. So it's a it's a worry about um, what will be will be, but he's obviously you'd love to win it. He won it last year, um, but he's also um, he's also um, aimed at uh, the Herbie Dyke at, at, in early February at uh, at Tarapa again. He Richie, he's so he's a bit of a warhorse now, really, isn't he? Eight year old boy, forty five starts, eight wins. Two of those would be Group Ones, wouldn't they? Two are group ones, yeah, and he's had other black type wins as well. And he, he uh, look, he's, you know, he's an eight-year-old. He's had 45 starts, so he hasn't had many starts in his life. But in saying that, like, the horse that are, are we own in, in Australia, Defibrillate, he's a seven-year-old. I think he's had 22 starts. Mm. So we just, I don't push them. Um, they tell you when they're ready. And if you've got a bit of patience um, and, they, um, you know, they've got the ability, they'll uh, pay you in return. You know, they'll, they'll look after us. Hey, Richie, so, I, know, I, know, I know the lads. Secret. I know the lads will be listening to this one because um, the you know Karaka Million Night, the BGP boys, they they love boys and girls. They love getting stuck into a punters club. Now they they declared rapid fools and had a bet. I think the weight and the barrier probably well, just it all kind of lined up. So they'll be wondering what your genuine opinion is here. Do you reckon Tiptronic wins? Do you feel it in your gut? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, okay, no, no pressure. No pressure, Graham. <clears throat> All I have to do is back Rapid Falls and we'll get beat, I'm telling you. I would never do that. But but um yeah, no, he they I got told that as soon as the noms are at Rapid Falls. Uh and uh I just and funnily enough I just checked the form up on, on Rapid Falls and it's pretty good over ground. So obviously uh and Leith on its back. Yeah. Very good training, Tony Pike. Uh Got to be hard to beat. And what about that one of uh, that Sir Nate of, of Lisa's, Lisa yeah. Lettuce? Yeah, it's good, good horse. Yeah, he's he's always thereabouts. So it's a small field, but it's certainly not a mug field, that's for sure. 
Bang on, mate. The, the next one we've got to talk about, and I reckon you must be, you love and defibrillate. Uh, sorry, well, you love defibrillate, but you, 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 you love and tiptronic, but you also, I reckon you must have a, a huge affinity for your filly, mate. Bonnie Lass. I mean, isn't she oh, doing a yeah, huge job have. for you? We got oh she's her her win at um, at Alice was enormous you know three wide all way it's a bit of a standing joke in Madam it is um, Lance and Scotty and Jamie um, all pretend they help me training her it's just a stand up stand joke because they all everybody loves her because she's just just genuine you know she's uh, she tries every time and I reckon she'll end up being a railway horse next year so um, you know that, that's the type of horse she wow. is but yeah so um, well at this stage I'm quite confident but it's a long way to go it's 12 months away but her, she's got a reasonably good draw at five um you know that um the i think that the one horse of jamie's has drawn one um so you know it's going to be hard to beat this is a, a very good but a very even field you know yeah no i, I like bonnie less myself too uh graham i think i think she's a good chance to definitely jump on the futures for the for the railway you know uh runner down there um but yeah Oh, That's, I reckon way, the yeah. the Al is a, the the group three on the weekend's probably the the pick of the rate the 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 races that on the weekend it's a one where you've got so many horses that can win it but for me your yeah. one stands out. Oh, I hope you're right. I, I, look, I, her work on Tuesday morning was very good, um, and uh, she trod up extremely well last Tuesday. Uh, and she's she. I did nothing with her this morning. She just pace worked, and she'll do the same again tomorrow. And she'll go in the race really forward. I, I, I took the blinkers off her at the trials, um, just so you did she get a quiet trial. And I'll put them back on her on Saturday, obviously. But um, yeah, no. Uh, Craig Grills knows he's one of Matter Matter Breeder Stakes on her, so we're hoping. You know, I mean, she's um, well, she's won at Ellerslie now. She she knows the track, uh, and that's important. Um, a lot of horses go out Alsley and they get lost uh, the first um, time they're there but uh, she's got the practice up there so it's good I'm very happy with her yeah that's exciting Richie a cool bunch of owners as well there hey um, short fuse before we let you go there was a bit of bully around short fuse earlier in, in, in the prep here um, the per, per and Canto mere longer odds and another really nice race the Concord on the weekend an upset chance from a good barrier with Ashvin and some awesome Nick, or what do you reckon? Yeah, well, um, she ran third in the race last year. We've had a lot of a lot of hassles with her um, tying up, um, mainly um, a bad bad stone bruise, and uh, which is which finally come out before her last start, and um, and hence because we couldn't do much of her, she started tying up. Um, but she's come right, and uh, that was an improver's run. At hours of last time, uh, drew wide, but we drew the outside. We had to go around, and I think she ran sixth or fifth or sixth, and it was an improvers run. And she's she's capable. She's very capable running in the in the first three. Beautiful stuff, Richie. So, if, one at long odds. Yeah, one at long. I reckon one at long odds. You, you said right. three up yeah. there, but it could be a fun night. Well, it always is a fun night, regardless. You got you you bringing up your your nice shoes and your nice tie, and going to get stuck into yeah, the after party. Oh, I never drink at the race. <laughs> that's what that's what all you trainers say. I'm a trainer. I'm a trainer. You've heard that one. Exactly. But no, we'll have a good night, um, and uh, we're going to stay up there. So um, watch out. We'll um, enjoy the uh, the tent and uh, and and catching up with all the owners and and my friends and all that. So yeah, we'll have a good 
It'll have a great night. All the best. Looking forward to it. That's it. Hey, thanks, guys. That's it. That's it. Awesome, Richie. Great. Go well, mate. Good luck. Uh, great mate of Andrew C. Rooks, Graham Richardson. He understands what New Zealand bloodstock and the Karaka Million night means. He loves it at Ellerslie. Good man in New Zealand racing, Graham Richardson. And the Silver Ferns have won by one goal against South Africa. So they finished their quad series win-win, which is awesome news. Very, very cool. They would have wanted to bounce back, and uh, now they want to get on the plane safely and get back to their MRQ spots. And that's, that'll be the main focus for them. But good to see them winning. Deb Fuller up after 8.40. It is eight minutes away from 8 o'clock. Pacing for purpose up after this. Get Nasser on the phone. He is in another orbit. Lazarus does it again. SNZ is pacing for purpose. Thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. Tony Camp off the back fence. Tony Camp off the back fence. Still waiting for my song. Ah, yeah, that's right. Well, um, Paul Mawadi, the party. That Tony Camp off the back. Yeah, there's something in there. Um, pacing for purpose. Harness Racing NZ, hrnz.co.nz. Live the dream. <laughs> I'm worried about it. Mate, you, you, even just off that little tune, Joe was dancing to it, mate. Like, you got him thinking. Joey's going to um, the Crocomillion night. He's going to oh, be there. Mate. You're gonna, Joey's going to have a punt. He's going to have a dance. You know, have a little yeah, beer. He's a, sli- he's a slayer. He's oh, a slayer. Joey's a slayer. Joey's Joey's gonna he's gonna slay the punt. That's what he'll be doing. He's 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 been doing his form. Old Joey. He hasn't got rid of um, Movember yet. Mm. Hrnz.co.nz. Live the dream. Harness racing NZ. Go and have a look. All their form. All of their replays. We are looking at Addington tomorrow night. Great couple of nights racing. Uh, Cambridge tonight. Tomorrow, Alexandra Park in Addington. So plenty of time to build a bank before Karaka Million Day. Franco Indy, race number five, number nine for the Child Cancer Foundation. We're having a crack at Franco Indy. Picket fence stat line. It's going to be short, but it's going to win. And that's what it's all about. $50 on for Child Cancer Foundation. Race five, number nine at Addington. Tomorrow night, up after eight. We're going to talk some rugby league. I'm looking forward to this. Kempe and Adam Blair. Oh, there's a combo off the back fence. I can imagine that collision in the middle of the field. Love to see that one. Off to find him at Cafe Coffee, Adam Blair not far away, then Deb Fuller talking about the Silver Ferns finishing third in the quad series. Here's the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Buy Nature's Own Super B Complex 75 tablets for just $20.99 at Chemist Warehouse. Baz and Izzy might be at the beach, but the show must go on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. SNZ, three minutes past eight this morning, which is the Thursday, the 20th of January. We are two sleeps away from the Karaka Million. Oh, man, this is the race, mate. This is the one. There's plenty of good racing across the year in uh, New Zealand, but I tell you what, the one that gets me excited is the Karaka Million. You get the good horses, the best form, it all stacks up. Though that's the one we are going to get stuck into this weekend. The Good Oil Punters Club, the mail run on Saturday, of course. You can just stay here, SC and Dead, your home of thoroughbred racing or harness racing the lot here in New Zealand. Kempi, before we talk some rugby league, 
Here's a good text from Jordan. Good morning, lads. Great show from the summer teams. The X Games and snowboarding halfpipe events are looked down at by the skiing community. It says a snobby attitude on the slopes towards snowboarders in general. Interesting. Thus, the Halbergs will have the same attitude as they did against the blue-collar sports, as my, per my email last week. Annalise Koberger did win the Supreme Halberg Award in 1992. Were you born then? Mm, just no. No. Just skimming that. But I know Annalise Koberger, she's, get, a, she's a police I, I officer. I your point, Jordan. I think she's a cop in uh, Christchurch, potentially. Well, she, I mean, she's famous. She's on, look, Annalise Koberger, one of the great athletes in New Zealand, one of the great spates bottle cap questions. Mate, you're an encyclopedia. I'll take you, I'll take you in my team any day. <laughs> oh, for, yeah. You're a sporting encyclopedia. Oh, I don't think so. I do enjoy the social You should be the bloke that had put up in the the um, the crack of millions up in the in the suites talking to people about the horses and the trainers and the owners Mate, and so forth. Th- this is they should the, be paying you to do that. Kempy, it's not like that. I'm, I'm, I know about a fingernail. It's like yeah, I own about a toenail of a horse and I have about the knowledge of a toenail of people that actually know this stuff. At least you get it started. Yeah. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Get the party started. Boys, if we're talking league, can we bring up the mouldy all-stars at all? James, yeah, Kempi, I certainly think we can, can't we? No, hundred percent. Kicks off the season. It's a great, it's a great, great game. It's a great team. I think, I think the Pacific. You know, I'm, I'm big on the Pacific across the board, playing more games, not just the Maoris, but you know, we saw what Tonga can do, and of course, Samar. Joey wants to co- coach Samar, so yeah, you know, maybe something to talk to Blairy about. Yeah, well, we're just trying to pin him down. Um, when we say Joey wants to coach Samar, we're talking about <laughs> Andrew Johns, not Joey. Uh, on the panel That'd on, be interesting. On, on the buttons little palangi <laughs> throwing orders around yeah let it go, go down a treat no, but it? true story Joe you know like, I, I think oh, there's a that, that question there from James about can we talk uh, Māori All-Stars the Māori All-Stars is a, is a massive concept it was kicked off in 2008 I don't know if you remember at the World Cup when the Kiwis won the World Cup they opened up the World Cup because they couldn't play in it so we asked if we could play at it, and they played against the Indigenous side there, and it was a, they, they caught the NRL um, on the hop. They didn't expect them to pull such a big crowd. They, they weren't going to open up the gates, um, but there was a massive crowd brewing outside. They actually went over to the game. I was there. Um, took Hone Harawera over. I told you that story. Yeah. With all the balls and the bags and all that sort of stuff, and um, you know, put on a, a great display. And, of course, the NRL looked at it, didn't know that they had that Indigenous uh, uh, media right sitting right there on their doorstep, and then turned it into the Māori All Stars. That, that you know, they took the Māori All Stars, and then they turned it into the All Stars, and then they've given it back to the Māori All Stars. So, you know, that go, that Māori concept goes all the way back to 1908 when they went over and saved the game in Sydney because the game of rugby league was dead in the early 1900s, and they put a Māori team to go over there and play. They called it the Natives. There was a team they called them, and they went over and played this brand of football that we know the Pacific plays, and brought the crowds out in their thousands back into back into rugby league, and arguably um, saved the game of rugby league in, in New South Wales. Good knowledge, Kempi. That's awesome stuff, and I'm sure we can carry on that conversation now. It's time for a McCafe coffee catch up. Uh, love the support of the team there. And Adam Blair, oh, he's a he's a great name in rugby league for a long time. Did it at the highest level. Proud New Zealander, a proud Kiwi, and he's on the line with us now. Morning to you, Adam. How you doing, bro? Uh, morning, guys. Kia ora, kia ora. I'm really good, thank you. Morning, Blairy. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you, brother. Uh, so I think, you? I'm good. I think the last time I saw you, you had a backpack on, running up. Uh, was that hill down by Point Shiv there? The the oh. that's your that's your favourite hill. Are eh? you still getting the yards? And yeah. I see these days. 
you can't you can't can't get away from anyone around this area, bro. You try and uh, stay low key, but that's <laughs> no, why obviously you would have saw me with no headphones on because I'm, I'm the whole time I'm yelling and waving out to people while I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, how's it how's it looking, mate? You know, you're 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 on the ground with the Warriors and you know doing some wonderful work around the country with our kids. I see you popping up on Facebook all the time, giving back, um, which you know is fantastic, but. Let's let's start with what everyone wants to know. How are we looking, mate? When, in your eyes, how are we looking from the war, from the Warriors' um, perspective going into the start of the season? Well, it's, it's crazy times compared at the moment because obviously with COVID and stuff at the moment. And um, I think over there, at the, at, uh, over there in Aussie, they've, they've, they're half our squads um, got COVID. Same with our um, same with our staff. So there's going to be a, a, a chance during the year that we're going to lose a few, few of our players coming into games, which is something we're going to have to manage. But again, I guess, you know, leadership is most probably one of the most important areas uh, that we need to fix up uh, this year with, with our boys, having the right leaders. Um, I guess Tohu Harris being, um, being around the block, come from Melbourne, good systems. Um, and I know, and what I've heard is that he's changed a fair bit. Um, Tohu and you'd know Tohu from, from um, having a chat with him. Mm. He's a, quite a quiet but does lead with his actions. Um, but this year, everyone said that he's actually voicing his opinions, speaking up, which he should have been doing already. But now that he's a captain, it comes with responsibilities. And um, he's, he's appointed his own leadership. Uh, so he's got his own boys on, on board. And, um, you know, they're really working hard. And I think that's really a key area for the Warriors. This is the leadership. Yeah, look, I, I thought it was a really surprise. You know, it did surprise me knowing Tohu that they um, they named him as captain because he's more, more introverted than extroverted mm. is what you need out there, not only on the football field. He does, you know, look, his stats and the way that he plays a football game, he's a he's definite leader, yeah. but whether or not the um, the captain should be beside his name, the, the, the court's still out on that one. Well, how's, how's Sean? I, I guess everyone wants to know, Sean went away, you know... Um, he left the country under a cloud. You know, people can talk about what happened there, but how's he come back? Has he come back sort of more level? He's obviously he's the, I know he's the oldest player in the team, but has he come back more level, knowing you know what he really wants out of this next stint with the Warriors? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess it's a prime example. He should have still been on holiday and not mostly not started back till mid December, but he got on a plane early or stating got over there just to be amongst the boys and start getting getting uh, his feet on the ground. Um, I think he had a, obviously had a few rehab issues he had to get through, uh, but I think I know now that him and I think it sounds like Ash Taylor are, are pushing for those spots in the halves at the moment and pushing those other kids around them to to get those spots, but. Again, for, for Sean, it's, it's uh, the crucial moments in games. It's understanding where they need to be positional-wise on the field so they can ice those moments. And that's, you know, the year before last year, we we lacked in those crucial moments where we never had any key players getting them into the positions that we could finish those games. And I think there was like five or six games, Kempi, where we should have actually iced those games, but we didn't have someone there that, that could control that area. So that's what Sean will bring into the team. Um, he's back on the field now training with the boys. He, he's obviously really excited, and I think we've seen in some of his comments earlier when he first rocked up to training, it's, he's like a kid again starting all over, but he's got a good group of kids around him where they'll push him and they're going to need him to lead those boys around on the field. Yeah, let's let's hope he stays injury-free, injury Blair, because mm. we do need him out on mm. the pitch. But you've played with the best, you know, and talking about icing games and, and shutting them out, you played with the best in the number nine jersey 
uh, at Melbourne and Cameron Smith. Mm. Honest opinion, you know, I've been harping on about it for the last couple of years, is that the nine spot, the the, the captain of the ship that touches the ball the most most often and, and mm. really sets up the team like Smithy did and knew how to shut games out. Seriously, mm. do, do you see that being an issue and what is the answer to the nine position in New Zealand? Oh, well, at the moment, I, I, th- I really think it's, there's an issue there in our nines, and I don't think we have too many experienced nines in New Zealand anyway, um, and if we are to find someone, we're going to have to go out and get someone that's experienced in that area. I, I guess um, the then, next then how come, would, Then how come they aren't doing that? Well, I, I guess they're trying, to, they're trying to keep the... Trying to bring up the kids, they're trying to use. I guess they're trying to use Wade Egan as a mentor for these kids coming through. Uh, you, you know, there was uh, the next person behind me that I think that's really good at um, changing the games or controlling games. Was much really uh, Josh Hodgson, who's now gone to Parramatta. Maybe there was an opportunity to pick him up and guide through some of our young kids because 100%. they're going to need some of that that quality and leadership around that ruck area. And like you said, the nine touches all the game. You see or see what's coming in front of you. You pick the right options. You put people into corners. Um, you you work tirelessly throughout the game. So there was, a, there, was much, there was an opportunity there where we could have tried to grab him, and that would have been a key, you know, two or three years just to bring our kids through and learn off him. Um, so we're lacking the experience in the nines or someone that's um, been around the game for a fair bit that can help our younger guys develop into really good quality nines of the game. Hey, we've got Adam Blair on the line here. Double eight, double three. If you've got any questions for Kempi and Adam on the Warriors or the NRL season, um, both the lads have their eyes across the whole comp, so they'll be able to help you out. Send us a message, double eight, double three. Hey, Adam, since you've been out of the, out of directly out of the Warriors squad as a, a player, has your mentality changed or have you learnt anything or do you look at the prism that you see the Warriors now? Has it changed at all? Oh, I think for, for me it's... it's um and now being away from the game, it's making sure that our kids are prepared for what it, what you need to have uh, to be a professional athlete or play the game of rugby league at the highest level. So if, if our school level down at the younger grades where we're so used to just being big, strong and running over players, if we're only concentrating on those things and we're not giving our, our, our kids any hope for when they come into first grade because the game's changed so much. The good thing about being on the outside now is you see these things changing only yet. 18 months ago I was playing the game but it changed a lot from then to where it is now so it's trying to upskill our kids so that they're prepared and having all the tools that at their disposal so they can be the best athletes on the field as well as quality NRL players as well so I see all those those changes and I want to help these kids be prepared for that and have all these tools that they can use and offload good skills passing footwork all those kind of things good vision and understanding the game has much been one of the most important things as well yeah, and mate, it's been a, a bugbear of mine. The, one of the biggest issues in this country, um, Blair, is that we don't coach the coaches. You know, that's uh-huh. the kids. The kids to learn. They need the coaches to be at a level um, where the kids can actually learn and develop. I just want to go back to a comment you made around this COVID thing that's going through your camp. So you're saying there are some Warrior players already that got COVID, and you need to plan um, through the season, as we know. You know moving forward, that's what's going to happen is that teams are going to be affected by it. What's mm. the depth look like? What if what if we lose eight oh. or nine players? What's the depth look like at the Warriors? Are they, are they well, hooking into well, players? Well, fingers crossed, we don't lose eight or nine, but there's, we've, we've, we've sent over at the, at the moment, we sent over another four or five kids that are quality kids, but when it comes to, I guess, first grade players, um, we, we don't have enough 
again last year not much games played at, at Queensland Cup level um, so those you know even Taniella who was our our nine that come in and played a couple of games not, not really getting any Queensland Cup experience so we, we if we can get our kids all over there playing in the Queensland Cup competition which is not the NRL uh, we'll get they'll have a better feel for what it's going to be like when they get the NRL but the depth there's a lot of kids there experience not enough and who's a smoky this year Come any other worries? Oh, I really like. Um, well, there's a kid over here that we've sent over, Jacob Laban. I think he's one of the the, the best uh, best kids going around. He, Got a good he's name. A loft back rower. Uh, yeah, and then there's Zion Moe, who's was played in the New Zealand Twenties competition, the standout play in there. Uh, he'd be a chance to hopefully pushing for uh, a first grade spot, say mid year, something like that. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, let's all keep our fingers crossed that the Warriors. Um, <laughs> oh, this is a punting station, mate. So what? people are people are thinking Come about on. where <laughs> do they put where do they put their no. money? Hey, every, here's, here's, here's one. A, here's the question, and James has come through, and this is for you too, Blairy. Every year is our year, but is this our year? That's from James. So <laughs> that's the, that's what everyone everyone wants. Do they to make know. the eight, Blairy? <laughs> I think the question from James is actually. It's actually, it's actually killed the killed the line. He's gone. <laughs> well, that's a that's a easy way to get out of it. Look, I I honestly think they're a chance. I think, I think um, I'm just going on by the impact of the players that they've got in and around their squad, especially in the key positions. Apart from nine, if they can stay fit, I think they're a chance given this COVID situation. So. Um, I did want to, before Blairy um, got cut off there, I did want to talk to him a little bit about this Māori All-Stars game too. So sorry we didn't get to that uh, whānau, but um, some really interesting insights there from Blairy in and around development, especially of how you need to prepare these kids to play in the NRL. So Blairy's actually working, uh, Louis, through the through the systems here, helping out, helping develop our kids and, and giving, them, giving them them skills to get them ready for the competition. One of the other interesting parts of that was that sending them to the Queensland competition. My big bugbear here is that we should have a, a Queensland competition here in Auckland. Like We've got enough players in this country, we just haven't got the pathways to play a decent comp- rugby league competition here in Auckland. Mm. And no one's really thought about how you Like put, a junior competition? or a- Well, I, I think you have to start in the junior realms. I think you have to start at the under-20 level. But if you look at the under-20 level when it first kicked off the concept, New Zealand did really well for years. They yep. won that competition with John Acklin. Um, Stacey Jones, they were always in the finals. Richie Blackmore before that took their their, their Vulcans team to the um, to the grand final. So what it says is that New Zealand does have the talent. Um, what we got to do is we got to create the pathway to feed into a competition here that rivals the New South Wales and Queensland competition. I think until you can do that, uh, New Ze- the New Zealand Warriors won't win a won't win a premiership. I think relying on Queensland being over there at the moment, like maybe maybe. Resetting yourself and living there permanently as a franchise might may, may be the answer because you've got the Queensland competition on your back doorstep. But if we're going to really consider winning a competition here, we have to build a competition here in New Zealand. We can't just rely on Queensland and New South Wales because you're getting the back end of it. You get the the they're picked to pieces by Melbourne, the Melbournes, the the Roosters, and all that. All the best players are generally. Do you gone. not think if we built a competition here, they'd just raid it? Well, they already do. Well, that's five, what I mean. But would, it, kids but would we not just be, look? Ultimately, this would be a good thing for rugby league in this country. Hundred percent. Would it be a good thing for the Warriors? Oh, one hundred percent. Because it's on your door. It, look, if you're picking the eyes out of it, and you live in Australia, which is what they're doing, 
by the time they come here to pick it, pick the eyes out of it, we've already got them. But so where's the? But, but then where's the gap now? Why why aren't we finding them? Because there's no pathway. That's that's the reason why they're going. They're going so they're, they're way not, early. They're right. going, they're coming out of rugby union. They're going to tournaments. They're not playing in pathways. The competitions they're already signed up by by areas that are already um, are, you know acquainted with the with the clubs in New South Wales, and we're missing out on all the best talent. So you know, Blair, Blairy touches on that point around you know you you're looking at maybe five or six players. He's basically just said they don't get they don't get the football that re- gives them the readiness for NRL. Well, the other thing he said, which I saw your eyes light up, Kempi, is that we don't have enough depth around hooker. There's no one that can teach these young hookers oh, how I want to, to take, play I want to take my hand off to Blairy because he's in a really precarious position. You know, he, he works he works in the media and he's he's you know obviously supporting the Warriors. He works for the Warriors and and through the through the junior structures and that. So he's got to be really careful on what he says. He don't say he don't sit where I am. Well, I don't really give two hoots what people think because I've got an opinion. But the, the 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 like you said about the the supporters like yourself. You're knowledgeable, mate. You know. So what I'm, I've got to take my hat off to him. When I asked him about the nine, if he never, <laughs> I would, I would have a, a, a lack, lack of respect if he didn't really answer that question because everyone who's knowledgeable around football knows that the area that the Warriors are struggling in is nine. And he just said that. Why didn't they get Hodgson out of Canberra when he came up? They would have got him on the cheap. He was two years ago talked about being the best hooker in the competition. Mm. You know what I mean? He's desperately looking even for, his, for even a way his, out. Even his IP would be worth the salary. Kempi, I hear what you're saying. 22 minutes past 8 o'clock. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. There's some great texts on double eight double three. We'll get to those before we chat to Paul Mawadi, the party. After this, it's SCNZ Summer, Ricky. SCNZ, and there's a couple of messages on double eight double three. The Kennard Tire phone line is there for you. 0800 150 811. Give us a call. Gee, it's so good having Kempi on talking the real game of rugby league and racing. I'm in heaven from Mark and Shot Mark. Sam has come through. The Fox Memorial, not enough good, not a good enough comp, Kempi. Surely they is. could use that as a starting point. Yeah, 100%. Starting point dead right and build some pathways underneath it and change, change, change it around a little bit so that it creates an opportunity for all the kids around New Zealand that want to come up and play in the best comp in New Zealand filtering into the NRL. Look, I I can see it being built. You just have to have the courage to do it. Bang. TAB.co.nz is your home for everything. Racing, sports, punting. Um, You can go there and have a look at all their promotions in the Punter's Lounge, which is a fantastic little – it's a fantastic place if you just – you know, you just want to spend a bit of time on a Thursday afternoon wherever you are around New Zealand. Paul Mawati, the party, is our man at the TAB. Paulie, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing very good. Probably not as good as Kempe, though, after the uh, results at Trentham on Saturday. Mate, wasn't um, he good? Oh. Wasn't he on fire, Alan? He wasn't happy after uh, the first, the second, I think. It was Tavitak coming down, just getting beaten by a lip. But, man, he was on fire. Oh, I heard you had to hire two or three more cars just to load all the cash and take back to the, the man. <laughs> I, I did get some secu- security guards on the way out. <laughs> I'm surprised he turned up today, Paul. I can't really believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it a great day. Didn't turn up in a new car. Oh, I haven't seen you. No, Joe. that's Trudy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that <laughs> is true. Um, hey, Paulie, where are we at with yeah. the punters club? Where? What's the total? Are they going to get there? Because I think it's starting to get squeaky bum time for the BGP lads, isn't it? Yeah, it's two hundred, uh, just over two hundred eighty-five thousand at the moment. So, no, they get uh, there. What's that? An, another two hundred and fifteen. I, I still think the. You can still get there. Um, I know Thad Taylor, and he's convinced just about everyone here at work that you won't get there. And I think that's how he got this 50k bonus bet ticked off by saying there's no way 
the boys get paid, we'll get the 500,000. But I disagree. I think I still think you can do it. I, I know on the last day, I know tomorrow, um, there'll be a huge and exponential upswing uh, in deposits into that uh, punters club. So I haven't written you guys off yet, but pretty much everyone else here doesn't think you can do it. Well, I'm doing my best, Paul. I'm tipping out Canny Man yesterday, drifts to 290 and wins, so I'm, I'm doing my absolute best. We're still waiting for Tony Kemp to empty the shrapnel out of his pocket, so that'll get it That'll get it <laughs> pr- pr- pretty close. What what have you got for us today, mate? What do we need to know? Uh, what have we got? we got a uh, uh, bonus back on the cricket today, the um, women's super smash match, the Auckland Hearts up against the Wellington Blaze, and then the men's match as well, the Aces up against the Firebirds. Uh, we've got a same-game claim on a couple of basketball games today. Boston hosting Charlotte and the Clippers taking on the Nuggets. Um, where are so we? Oh, here's one that you, you will like. I know you'll love this. The Black Clash Super Sixes promotion. Place a pre-match $50 or more head-to-head bet through your TAB account and receive a $6 bonus bet for every six your team hits during the game, regardless if they win or lose. Hey, Paulie, uh, Paulie. Yeah. I, I got one for you. I got. One. I know you you, yeah. you want to give us the cricket one, but I got one for you. What What about Jamie Richards against the rest on the weekend of two dollars? Can you TAB put that together? Two dollars. I reckon. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd take that price. Is that why you guys aren't putting it up? No, nah, they will. Uh, I reckon. I reckon in the power plays. I reckon. Yeah. The, I reckon you'll have something along the lines, won't you, Paulie? There, there will be a whole host of power plays on the Karaka Million a meeting on Saturday night. So I'll let the boys know that that's something that uh, Kempi's very, very interested in, um, and I'm sure that they'll be able to slot it in there somewhere. Oh, no, then, worry it's, about just, that. it's just coming to a dollar ten. Paulie, it, Paulie it, <laughs> right, honestly, it, it, it writes itself. The Jamie Richards runners versus the rest in the two-year-old Karaka Million, oh, it would, you'd be, oh, that's a, it's probably odds on. It's great. That's good stuff. We'll see if it turns up there, eh? Yeah, we will. And... Uh, just, uh, I heard you guys speaking before about Taranaki and all the good things going on up there. There's a car around the corner from where I live. It's got the uh, Taranaki hardcore sticker on it as well. So they're everywhere. Can't keep us out. If you walk by that house at the right time, you get a little bit of whiff of Taranaki hardcore as well. <laughs> <laughs> they call yeah. that Taranaki thunder. I believe it. I believe it. All right. 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Deb Fuller still before the end of the show today. The final of the quad series, Australia-England, just at centre court right now as they get underway. Here's Trudy with the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SENZ, it is 25 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Deb Fuller is not far away, assistant coach of the Silver Ferns. Before we get there, earlier in the show we spoke about what's going on in Australia, well, in New Zealand regarding MIQ rooms. The Black Caps Tour of Australia is off. It's not happening. And it looks extremely unlikely that the Australian T20s played here in Wellington and Napier will happen. I'd actually say it's not going to happen. Um, the, the White Ferns, the, the Women's World Cup will be happening the South African tests will be happening. MIQ rooms are already booked. 
the trouble we've run into here is the government alluded to the fact that the well they even said that the borders would be open between Australia there would be a trans-Tasman channel hasn't happened Omicron has changed changed the playing field we'll hear from the government today about what their actual I guess mentality around it is we're kind of flying a little bit blind but New Zealand cricket has obviously not had enough indication that there would be MIQ rooms so they could send staff and players to Australia David White joined Drive yesterday this is what he had, he had to say we've worked really closely with Cricket Australia over the last week or so, trying trying to extend the series and provide more content because we felt that we had a better chance of getting uh, either MIQ spots or the government self-isolation program that they were meeting before Christmas in March. Um, but unfortunately, we just couldn't get the certainty from the government um, on that, so we had no option but to um, postpone the tour, and we are we're looking closely now with Cricket Australia at alternative dates, which will be played uh, during this calendar year. You know, I think everyone's learnt over the last two years is that you can only control what you can control, and we've got to work within the government parameters. So mm. you, you can't you can't get too hot and bothered about it, to be quite honest. And you've just got to work with it, and, and, and um, so. One thing that we've learned is every day is different and um, we've just got to work and try and get as much content as we can for New Zealand cricket. And, you know, we've played the Bangladesh test. We've got mm. Indian women arriving soon. got the big series against South Africa and then we've got the Netherlands in March. And all those series are confirmed and will proceed. So we've still got a lot of quality cricket for the rest of the year. Yep, that's David White, CEO of New Zealand Cricket. Uh, as I say, extremely graceful, to be honest, in his response. I'm sure it would have been frustrating for everyone at New Zealand Cricket, but also Cricket Australia. They'll be extremely disappointed. The Ashes series, a lot of the games didn't go the... Ex- well, a lot of the games were over pretty fast. So the financial amp- impact will hit both sides of the Tasman. We do have lots of cricket here coming up, but that Australian T20 series would have been a huge cash cow for New Zealand Cricket. So that's an unfortunate one with a bit of niggly timing as well. Today we'll hear more from the government about Omicron and what's going to be happening in New Zealand over the next wee while, when they expect it might be in the community and what that means for sports teams and sports competitions moving forward. I understand that people keep telling me sports not everything, Louis. You can't cry foul too often. No, it's not. But it is an industry and it's one industry that I'm really passionate about and it's an industry that people have livelihoods, people have jobs from and it really is important for the mental health of lots of Kiwis, I find. So we want to get to the bottom of this stuff. We want to stay at the forefront of it. We'll know more later on today when the government speaks and I'm sure New Zealand Cricket will be looking forward to hearing more clarity about the rest of the year because let's face it this might be something we're still talking about in the summer to come. It is 22 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Deb Fuller, Silver Ferns assistant coach up after this. And in the summer breakfast you're listening to SENZ. Uh, 17 minutes away from 9 o'clock Ian Smith will be up after 9 o'clock and it's all about netball right now. England leading 11-9 in the first quarter with four minutes to go in the quad series finale. We watched the Silver Ferns grip one out this morning against South Africa. Deb Fuller is the assistant coach. She's back here in New Zealand. I'm sure was a really keen observer over the last week or so. Morning, Deb. Good to have you on the program. Good morning. Great to be here. How have you found it um, being plugged in from afar? Is it has it been strange? Um, it's been some early starts, but um, wouldn't want to be doing anything else. Um, really lucky to be able to do it remotely. Um, you, it's always good to have a different perspective um, to support Noles and the team over there. 
Uh, morena de um, tēnei te mihi uh, ki a koe mo, mo tō mahi um, i, I te wānei. Um, your, your work, Deb, your, the, the girls that are coaching that team, I, I've, I've been on lo, online saying that you guys are the best coaches that we have in this country. You know, they're always talking about the All Blacks and they're talking about the league, but I said, you look at these two women um, and the way that they've got this team. How are you tracking? You're obviously tracking towards the Com Games. Are you happy about... I guess getting the win just just this morning, but are you happy with your side and the and the depth and and how you're tracking to the com games? Um, I, I think it would have been good to get closer to Australia in that first hit out, without a doubt, and it would have been good. We did put ourselves in a position to um, win against England in the last quarter, but didn't quite get over the line. Today was a bit of a blip. But are we tracking well? What we do have is we've pulled in and created bigger depth in our squad. So now um, it's really good to put ourselves in that quad series to test ourselves because we've really got to see where we're at because we haven't had as much international netball as others. So how are we tracking? Um, This has been the test to show how we're tracking. At the moment we're tracking in that third place, but we've got six months to um, not turn things around because we just, it's kind of like a progression thing. It's one step at a time. Quad series, we know where we're at. We know where individuals are at. And the next six months, that ANZ competition has to be on point and tightly contested to prepare us for international netball. Now, that makes perfect sense, Deb. It's not not about turning the ship around. It's just about getting that steam built up at the right time to peak, right? And I guess part of that is finding a combination of six ladies that work, uh, seven ladies that work well on the court together. How did that go and that aspect of the setup work during this quad series? Do you feel like the team that Noel's put out today was probably the strongest seven? Um, Yes, it was. I think the changes came on well. I think the starting seven that she put out there were um, the ones that she knew that could hold it for, you know, that first half of the game. So it is about looking at individuals' um, skills, behaviours, and just seeing how they um, how they contest against um, the international players that they played over there. And lots has come out of it, which is fantastic. Um, so now we know you know, what learning needs to go on for the next six months. How, well, I know that Kayla came back. Are you happy with her form? Oh, awesome. You know, this time last year, Kayla was playing. She wasn't even playing. She was playing um, a couple of quarters for a club team in rural New South Wales. And so for her to get her body in such a great shape to be able to do back-to-back games, she couldn't really do that with her body before she um, had her first baby. So the amount of conditioning she's done, the determination that we've seen in her and the maturity that um, she's brought has been awesome. How do you think this experience, and I know it might be a bit tough for you because you're not well, you're not there, but how do you think this experience being over there in the COVID bubble and, and that sort of thing will help shape this group as as a team, like as a, as a proper core? Do you think this would have been a real binding experience? Oh, I think so. You know, as um, Tony knows, you know, in, in teams there's a chemistry that happens when you go on really tough tours and you, you're beside each other day to day, you're training day to day, you're doing the grind. So you, you learn a lot about each other and you learn how people cope in, in certain situations. So, you know, the, the team hasn't been allowed out of the bubble or out of the hotel, so they've pretty much just been locked in and then gone to the stadium. 
So for the team to be able to cope with that and come back, and we, you never know, it might happen in Birmingham as well with the Commonwealth Games. I think you learn a lot of like little nuanced things about your teammates, and it does help. Um, it does help understand how people prepare. Yeah, Deb, you, like, you know, I've got so much praise for you, um, you and Nolene and the way that you've put this team together. You're building a DNA within your, your high-performance arena. What is the one thing that you think has, you know, brought this team to where they, where they were when they won the World Cup and where they can get to? What is that one thing that you and, you and Nolene have added as part of your DNA? Oh, gosh. Um and Noles will say this, that it is about the collective. <laughs> I think uh, we've been thriving. You know, in netball, you're under massive judgment and scrutiny. And um, every time you take the court, you know, you've got people like me writing things down about you all the time. So a lot of a lot of that got a lot of our players, um, I guess, distracted. So I think Noles always brings it back to the collective and the bigger picture that it is, isn't about us, it's about the game and owning the game of netball in New Zealand. Perfect. I mean, we, we, we want our game style to be the most skilled, most, um, you know, as we put our mantra down to pure, a dominant game in the world. But to do that, like sometimes you have to really, you have to, you have to be on everything really. And it's, um, you have to be on to every little nutrition, S&C, mental skills, everything comes into it. But overall, it's about building the collective because, um, you know, netball is, is, is a great sport and a great game. And we're very lucky with the heritage that we're, we've got to uphold. But going forward, it serves our, our young people so well. So it's a bigger picture that Noel's always drives. I love that, Deb. I love the way you talk about ownership and accountability there as well. Um, I think they're they're in a cool place and it'll be good to get them all back here in New Zealand safely and continue to build as you've got that end goal, Com Games and Target for, for the next wee while at least. Thanks so much for taking the call this morning. Really appreciate your time. Oh, good. Lovely to speak to you both. Take care. Kia ora, Deb. There you go. Deb Fuller. Lots of mana there in that group. Oh, and, you know, they're both they're so close, those two. One, number 109, 108, I think Deb was when she represented and Nolan was 109. They, you know, that's how close they were. They were roommates. They travelled together and now they're sitting there and Nolan phoned Deb up and asked her to be assistant coach. Apparently the story goes. So um, I, I'm, I'm dead set serious. I think Nolan Total is the best coach we have in this country. I think you'll probably find people... They would struggle to disagree with that. I mean, there's lots of them. You can't see apples and oranges, but she's definitely right there in the conversation. It's nine minutes away from nine o'clock. A couple of messages here just before we shoot off and get back with Smithy Kempe. A bit of a late question, boys, because I'm driving. How are our centres looking this year for the Mighty Warriors? Well, mate, we've got some, we've got some, some decent centres. You know, they're coming out of rugby with um, Pompey and, and Rico. Um, Barry that are that are probably going to start in the centres with some covering for some young blokes that are that I don't know if they're up to up to the um, the standard of NRL and we've gone with that model you know where we've got big wig, big wingers again um, and I don't know whether or not Edward Cossey that style of Manu Vatave and all that can can really last uh, in the modern game I think we I think wingers really need to be quick and short like like the the fox like. Um, Fido from Queen, North Queensland uh, and Jason Saab from Manly. You know, when you give them the ball and they can go 80 metres to score a try. So, 
you know, that's a really good question. And centres and wingers are your, are your strength players, but the mentality in around having big centres and big wingers is, is your back five. You want them to carry the carry the ball and get you a good start on your yardage sets and put you in a position where you can start to attack. And you've got someone like Sean Johnson on the back of that, if it's going well, you're always a chance to win the games. But if you've got Sean Johnson creating opportunities like a Cooper Cronk does, you know, like a Jonathan Thurston does from their own 25 metre line when they go into good ball play, you want the fox on the end of it. You want a Saab on the end of it. Well, that answers the other question there we had about wingers and, and do we have any absolute jets. It doesn't sound like it this time, but um, yeah, that, look, it is interesting what different teams try to build and what they're, they're speaking of DNA, what they want in the personnel they've got. Smithy is not far away. We're going to sleep on it with him. We've asked him to declare the Karaka Million winner. I know he took this seriously because he, he wants to have a punt and he wants to get paid. So Smithy's coming up after this. He's got the winner of the Crack a Million for us here on SENZ.